Hey, Garrett. Yes, Boca? Is love all around? I believe that it is. Wrong. Hi, I'm Boca. That's Garrett. This uh, is the Bromance Podcast. No, shut up. You're wrong. Uh, <laughs> hey, everyone. We're going to disagree in this podcast, but it's going to be fun because disagreement is part of conversation and love's everywhere. I mean, if we both... Actually. <sighs> yep. Yep. This is... Deeply. If, if this is a sitcom, this is the Christmas Christmas special. 100%. Uh, this is the Christmas special of Bromance Podcast. The podcast of two bros talk about romantic comedies. And this week... Uh, the, the beverage is... No, this week the movie is... Mm, fine, priorities. Sorry. Love Actually, the Ooh. holiday Christmas banger of Ooh. the century... Featuring too many names to list, but we'll try to battle wrap them off. Kieran Knightley. Hugh Grant. Colin Farrell. Liam Neeson. Not Colin Farrell, Colin Firth. Colin Firth, say it right. Liam Neeson's. Uh, Liam Neeson's. Uh, Liam Neeson's. Gregory Fisher. Ooh. Bill Nighy. Uh, uh, who Chiwata played Mr. Ajifor. Bean? Who played Mr. Bean? Rowan Atkinson. Yep, he's in there. Uh, Chiwata Ajafor. Uh, Andrew Lincoln. Uh, or you said Colin Firth. Emma Thompson. Uh, yeah. Uh, she was actually good. Yeah. Um, Hugh Snape. <laughs> yeah, uh, what's Snape's actual name? R.I.P. No, Snape what's... Snape Snape. Whoa, hey, 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 he's dead now. We have to pretend that we know his name. Ooh, okay, wait, wait, wait. Let's see if I can pull it without looking at a piece of paper. There it is. Alan Rickman. Oh, wait, it is pull the Rickman out. Mind which is fake. funny because I saw, uh, like most people, I saw um, Die Hard way before Harry Potter. So by the time Professor Snape came around, I was like, oh, that is the bad guy from Die Hard. That's not natural for our age group. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I Die Hard was, was the 80s. My dad was treating it like a Christmas movie. You were born like 92. 100%. Uh, so you saw Harry Potter and you were in like third grade. Yeah, but I saw Die Hard when I was in first. And that's not right. No. It's a rated R film. All I know is... <laughs> all I know is that Nakatomi Tower was defended against Professor Snape. And he lost. What a crossover. <laughs> yeah. We'll get... I have Snape opinions that will come up later. Um, Perfect. Let's kick us off. How does wait, this movie begin? I don't. I don't want to kick off it because I'll, I'll set a little groundwork and explain why this oh. one might be a little bit different. Okay. Than other episodes do. How will it be? For those who haven't seen Love Actually, oh, yes. it's a British film. Mm-hmm. Not good. Uh, Whoa! Great. Fantastic. <laughs> I would keep like slipping that in. You will be wrong. But that's fine. You don't notice. That's fine. Be on the wrong side of history. Yeah. And it's it's, it's a it's a semi anthologic um, anthology esque movie. Yep. And that it's a bunch of small stories. Yep. Um, Tarantino esque. They play with well, they play with time, but they play with cross cutting between multiple narratives. Yeah, a whole lot of narratives going on, and all eighty percent of these, ninety nine percent of these people are all interconnected. Yep. But the interconnections don't actually matter. It's just to be like, a, oh hey, you say oh out loud when you watch it. A little bit. Um, and but because of that, it's essentially like it. It went. This movie went on way too long. No, it's the perfect length. How long was it actually? Two hours and eight minutes. Was that really the? That's the runtime. Are you sure? We're on HBO now. It says 2.20, but 12 minutes of that, three minutes of the 12 of that is just the, um, the, the, like, Trailers the pre-rolls, all that stuff. Watch this. Watch Watchmen. It's a good show. Yeah. It is, though. Watch it. Um, and then eight minutes was credits, so. It's two hours 15, because 135 minutes. Wow. Way to just have IMDb for me be wrong. Well, I mean, this needed IMDb, because there's so many people in this that I couldn't keep all the names straight. Okay, um, 2.15, it's a commitment, but it's worth it. Worth it is strong language, but the reason I brought up how many interwoven narratives there are, I think the most effective way to keep this shit straight is to go story by story, and there's ten stories fucking told in this movie. I'm there's, going chronologically. We can't not do we, the same thing here, Garrett. 
I will not participate in this podcast. No. Why do you disagree? This you. <laughs> let's do it in the order that the movie was shown in. You say try that again. Okay, let's do it in the in the way the movie's told. They cut in between. We can do it. I believe in us. We're very talented. You struggle very free. Also, We're very talented. <laughs> Don't even comment. I will. Um, as Garrett's talking about how talented we are, he took a piece of gum, put it in his mouth, made a face, and then just set it on his fucking desk. I realized <laughs> this is a podcast, it's an audio experience, and me chewing gum loudly into a microphone may be a suboptimal listening experience. I certainly appreciate you. Thank you for that uh, courtesy. And I'm nothing if not professional. Do you really think we can go and just jump, 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 I think jump, we can jump? The reason why I'm asking is because I wrote all my notes in the order that they appear in the movie. But this would, I mean, so did I, clearly. Okay, fine, try it. Well, you're, you're down to go... It's going to be wrong, but we can do it. Uh, it nothing else that mixes it up. It does. Let's not be afraid to try new things. Let's go. Okay. So like I said, 10 stories, 2003, British, not good, Garrett thinks it's good, let's get it popping. Alright, the first story is between Billy Mac, old-ass music guy, and Joe, yes. his manager. Yeah. Why are you yesing already? I this, like him. I guess they're starting with this one because if you look at the context, we went to Wikipedia and printed out. Um, there's like a, a web. Of you how, need a flowchart. You need a flowchart for this fucking movie that shows you how every single character is connected here. There are thirty main characters. In there this are thirty film. main characters, and so but these two. That's uh, Bill Nye, um and his manager uh, Gregory F- Gregor Fisher. I'm, we're just doing actor names because I'll help you understand who we're talking about. Bill Nighy, old-ass, white-ass British dude. Um, he's an old-ass rock star, and he is kind of a douche, but it's great. Um, he is so good. He has all the energy. So also, first off, if, you, if, you, well, if you've if you already seen this movie, you're going to watch this movie. The, the actor who plays him was also like the elder vampire in Underworld, which is where I first saw him. And so I was like, that's, oh my god, the elder vampire in Underworld. Is that all he did that we know? That's all I knew. Again, we're, we're millennials. We're anthropologists. I we're going we back in time. It, I think we said this when we did um, Notting Hill. Every single time there's an old British actor, there's an 80% chance they were also in Harry Potter. Um, and if you give me enough time, I will find who the hell he was in Harry Potter, because I'm sure he was somebody. Will hold. Holy shit, he was. Who was uh, he? <laughs> Wait, really? Who yes. was he? Um, Someone in the Ministry of Magic? I think he's Xenophilius Lovegood. Xenophilius Lovegood. Uh, the worst porn name in all of porn. Ew. Tell me I'm wrong. No, let me get you his actual actor name. But okay. in, in this movie, Bill Nighy plays... Uh, Nighy? N-I-G-H-Y. How do you pronounce that in Britishly? N-A... What is it? N-I-G-H-Y? Yes. Yeah, Nighy. That's all I got. Okay. No, he wasn't uh, Lovegood, by the way. He was Rufus uh, Scrimgeour... Whatever, he was an Auror. Okay, well, yeah. you lost me at hello. You know what an Auror is. I don't. I've forgotten. Wizard FBI. Yeah, okay, now I know. There you go. Yeah. He was Wizard FBI, but in this movie, he's an old, drunken, dickish rock singer who has a song about how love is all around. He's so good. So it starts, so his opening scene is basically what he's doing. He's taking one of his classic songs, thinks like um, Love in an Elevator or Walk This Way by Aerosmith. And imagine if Steven Tyler decided to re-record that, but as a Christmas song. So all you're doing is you're taking the primary lyric and changing it to Christmas. Yeah. And so they're trying to record that and he keeps messing it up because he's used to, obviously, for 30, 40 years, he's been singing it as the correct way. So he's not correcting it to be a Christmas song. And so he keeps screwing it up. Yeah. The second time he does it, he says one of the best just 
lines Curses. of swearing that I've ever heard. Very British. Fuck waker bugger shitting ass and hole. Now, let's break this down. Okay. He starts with fuck. We've all been there. We mess up. We say fuck. Yes. Wank. We're British. That's fine, too. Bugger. We're British. We're still okay. Shitting. You have me. I'm still with you. Ass. Again, we're just saying swear words straight down the line. Now you lose okay. me. Head. Uh, are we talking about getting it's head? It's a modifier. Just the, the, the word. Head and itself. whole. Head and whole aren't... Well, first off, the, it was just supposed to be comedic, I guess. Yes, 100%. I don't know. I'm it's a rom-com. I'm litigating com. this unnecessarily. I just think it's a, it's a... I love that head and whole are included, but like it is is definitely a, uh, a fly in the ointment to the beautiful line of swearing that we had before these two words. Yes. But Bill Nye's trying to do this Christmas song to both like get back on top. They have yes. this whole thing about like Bill Nye's old ass trying to get up to the top of the Christmas records yeah. versus like this modern 2003 boy band called, called Blue. Blue. Which I fuck with. Which is great. Yeah. Respect their Crippin'. Respect their Crippin'. Yeah. But it's also just like, why are they keeping such a close track to who's number one on Christmas right now? Like yes. this fucking House Cup and Harry Potter tieback. 100%. Yeah. And so he he is trying to do that. And he, the, we're, we're going to talk more about his shit. He's a, so he does a song, Song Sucks. But mm-hmm. whatever. A lot of pop music sucks and people still consume it. Yes. Because they have great marketing teams. And so he's doing he's doing a whole lot of press, going on radio stations and shit. And so they're playing his song on the radio. Yeah. And imagine most radio stations, you have like the main anchor and for like a segment, maybe a couple hours, and then they transition to the next anchor. Yes. So the previous anchor's on his way out, and he plays the Christmas song and goes, and I quote, I can safely put my hand up my ass and say that this is the worst Christmas song of all time. And then the Why other is his anchor, hand up his na- ass at all necessary? I had that question exactly. Which is like, I can safely... So he's okay, he's comfortable. He yeah. can safely take his whole ass hand and whole. put it up his asshole. Yes. And be like... Work himself like a puppet. While puppeteering himself, full Sesame Street, say, this is the worst Christmas song of all time. While we're saying this, yeah. rest in peace, speaking of puppets, uh-huh. so the man who played Big Bird... His I know. name is eluding me right now, but the original actor, he died at the uh, age of 85. Long life. Not to undercut. Great him. legacy. Hand up ass. I can... Hang on. Let me say it right. I can safely put my hand up my ass and say that Big Bird was iconic and the actor was great. Oh, we can all tell. This was just like off... Hey, we mentioned Puppet and that made me think of Big Bird. I don't mean to shit on the man who did die. No. Um, but it's like, oh, speaking of hands up ass... Yeah. Uh, rest in peace. Yeah, great transition, Boca. Yeah. We should probably at this point shout out the beverage of tonight. Oh, right. We haven't talked about that. We haven't. I tried to kick it off early, but can, we're here now. Can I do it? You do it. All right. So the drink we're doing this week is called the Drunk Actually. It is vodka. Yes. Beef eater gin. Yes. Uh, grape, grapefruit slash lime juice. Yes. Uh, cranberry juice and grenadine. Yes. So the theme here is beef eater gin to make it British. And then just put way too many things in it. Like, this movie had way too many things in it. Yes. This movie is way too long. has way too many characters. This drink has way too many actors in it. And we this got movie has fucked. the right amount of characters. You and I both know it's too many It's the people. right length. Garrett. And this... I have been on a bit of a diet. Have not really drank alcohol in three weeks. And as a result... Um, I'm a bit of a lightweight, so we've had we were about drunk. two of these, and we are a little turned. I'm happy we came down a bit. We Garrett and I were just, you know, drinking before and discussing just life and shit. We 100%. Too fucking into it. Yeah. I don't need to be this emotionally vulnerable 
when my manager listens to this podcast. So I'm going to tighten up. I'm going to do what we're supposed to do. I'm gonna Square bury, up, Boga. I'm going to bury my feelings. Push it deep. This is why men die early. Ugh, listen. Bury your feelings. Anyway, fuck it. Whoa, Earth is great, life's great, and love actually exists. The titular line. Don't get me wrong, as I oppose you here. I believe love exists. This isn't like me denying that the Earth is round. Thank God. You're not a flat lover. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Thanks. That was good. So anyway, back to the movie. Yeah. He's sitting in the thing that you just stuck his hand up his ass and said it's the worst fucking thing ever. The other co-host is waving like, he's my next guest. (laughs) Can you stop roasting the talent? But the thing is, it's not even an issue because Bill is like, yo, this fucking song sucks. So much so that he's on the next show being interviewed. Yes. And he's like, yeah, so like we heard the song. It's great. Like the dude's trying to cover, obviously. Yes. And he's like, you know, so like what are your goals? Is Christmas like big for you? And the dude's like, no, like not big for me at all. Yeah. Um, honestly, I just want to be number one. Wouldn't it be funny if like the number one boy brand bands in the country lose out to me? <laughs> and please let this aging rock star win and buy my festering turd of an album, which yeah. that wording is amazing it's so crazy his manager is so upset during all this he's like yeah no bill no you're fucking at the press tour if an artist was this honest they would be oh viral. numbers number one a hundred percent his song will be the number one on tiktok and therefore yes. it's number one on billboard yep. number one on spotify yep. he wins whatever british-esque house cup of music he's trying to win which is funny because fine. the internet did not exist here, but also because before he the says all these lines... existed in 2003. Okay, but it was not good. You were on the internet. I'm talking about the good internet. Like, the internet that people use, right? <laughs> the internet where if you're on it, your mom doesn't say, Get off the internet! I'm trying to make a call! Like, you're I'm talking, talking about, about like, broadband versus dial-up versus whatever? Today's internet. Okay. Um, did not exist then. So, it was a little bit, you know, things did not go that viral. That being said, what's amazing before this is the guy's like, you know, does Christmas mean a lot to you? Like, what does this mean? And he's like, look, Christmas means a lot to young, attractive people with love in their life. I am an old man who made it big when I was younger, blew through all of my money, all of my status, had a ton of sex, and am now I'm loveless, alone, and with my manager, one of the ugliest men to ever live. Jesus. And, and the manager's like, yo, that last what? part... You don't have to end my whole career. Needed. That like, loud, Okay, you can work through your own shit, but please, you don't need leave to. Leave me out of this, please, my man. sir. Just wipes a single tear. A hundred percent. Yeah. So Bill's just ripping shit into it. Oh, but yeah. in in the end, he, he keeps making a fool of himself and keeps being a giant asshole on the press tour. And it fucking works. It so does. He's at another junction where basically think like TRL or uh, what was the other one on MTV? Oh, I was going to say 106 in Park, but that's quote unquote urban. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I'm not throwing you under the bus. That's Thank just God. a general joke. <laughs> um, but no, anyway. So yes, one of those. But it's basically these two twins who I think are basically the Ryan Seacrest. Because I've seen them on Britain's Got Talent at this point. So they're the oh, Ryan okay. Seacrest. You know yeah, they're the Ryan Seacrest of Britain. Yeah. And they're having like a show that's like TRL. Yeah. And they bring him on. And so he's like, yeah, it's amazing. Like, we, they gave me this marker and it draws on anything, including like glass. So stupid. And then they have a pic- framed glass picture of a boy band like NSYNC, basically, oh, is who they're pu- the poking fun at. The band he's against. Blue. blue, yes. Yeah. So he takes the marker, he draws on it, and it says, he makes a speech bubble from their mouths. And yeah. right, we have little pricks. Yeah. <laughs> the Charles Schultz of Britain over here. It's so good. And then his follow up, they're like, uh,. You do realize kids watch this show. So to save it, this is his saving line. Yeah. He says, kids, 
don't buy drugs. And they all look at him like, I mean, yeah, but like, okay. what the, what are you going for? He said it like, funny, so I'm wondering where this is going. Right? And he's like, become a pop star, and when you're famous, they'll give them to you for free. Yeah. <laughs> and they just cancel. They're, well, time to cut the commercial. This yeah. is going downhill. Let's go. And all the kids, they're like, Mommy, I want drugs. <laughs> and so it was a whole epidemic, you know, people just shooting up in the street. 100%. It was terrible. And then he wins. Yay. So we reward bad behavior. Yep. He, he kisses his manager. Yeah. No, he has the number one record. Him and his manager, by the way, like we're discussing relationships. What One thing I want to establish early. The point of love actually, Ugh. and this is where Boca and I are going to disagree, is that love actually, <sighs> oh my God. Love actually is about that love, there's an opening monologue by Hugh Grant and he basically goes into like this was this came out in 2003 so he's like you know 9-11 like happened those calls before 9-11 the people on those flights I'm not la- Boca's oh, laughing wait. during 9-11 make a public wait, note wait if you're wait, listening wait, to this his wait. personal address is 555 okay I'm not laughing at 9-11 and I never needed to say those words before now all good sentences start with I'm not laughing at 9-11 but Please continue. <laughs> Fuck you, okay? I'm laughing at Hugh Grant, or whoever the f- or Hugh Grant, Colin Firth, whichever British... It was, it was Hugh Grant. Whatever Hobbit. Whoa! <laughs> slur! Not height. Is Hobbit's not a slur. No, but if I say it loud enough, it sounds like I'm being genuine. Is that mo... Okay. Um, whichever British actor in this thing tried to make this thing about how like people are happy at airports... About 9-11. And it's no, like, he did fuck? not say that. He was saying on the flights into 9 like on no, on the on the I'm, flight I'm, that went Garrett, into the towers, Garrett, Garrett, those calls Garrett, were not about like like fear or hatred or bigotry. They were about love. It was people saying, I love you, I might never have a chance to say this again. And love is around us all the time. In fact, love actually, they said the titular line in the beginning, is all around us. There's only so much time I want to spend on this comedy podcast discussing 9-11. <laughs> Have we maxed? I think we've maxed. Okay, so here's my point. Um, in this relationship, the point of the movie is... With uh, to take Bill you, and his manager... Uh, yeah. They take you through like 10 different writer. relationships of all various stages. Yes. Bill and his manager are not romantically involved. They've just been together for like 30 years of promos and we tours and all sorts of stuff. And so it's showing that version of love. Yeah. The movie's great because it takes you from very immature people in immature stages of relationships all the way to 30-year-plus marriages that may devolve and dissolve into ruin because of just sheer boredom or monotony and, like, decisions must be made. And the entire rainbow in between. And one of those is this older rock star and his tour manager who, at the end, he wins. He promises to the fans, hey... I am going to run... I'm going to perform nude on national television. If I win this weird contest that I'm not sure is a proper contest between myself and this boy band called Blue, yep. I will perform nude on whatever BBC, BBC One... That's all they have. They have three channels. One, two, and three. BBC. All day. At me, Britain. You haven't... At me. Okay. I promise you have more than three channels. Um, oh, they got four? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Harry Potter Network? Yeah. Blind. <laughs> it's not <laughs> for context. Um, I was lucky. I recently had a trip to London and flex. And Garrett <laughs> has never been broke. It shut the fuck up. <laughs> and it, was, it just came up earlier how Garrett hasn't been anywhere. And where am I going with this? 
Uh, shading Garrett on his uh, lack of financial uh, affluence shut and the, no. lack of... Uh, I'm not going to do it. Just shut up because okay, you don't want me to do it. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, Bill, he wins the thing. Yeah. Yay, I am the. I have the number one Christmas song. Yep. The the community center will stay open in this after school special level of uh, intrigue. 100%. And then instead of... He gets calls like, yo, my career's back popping. Elton John calls me. Yay. But instead of partying with Elton John... It's uh, Christmas, and he goes over to his manager's house and say, hey, you stuck with me through it all. Um, let's hang out. Let's celebrate together. Mm-hmm. So let's get let's get drunk and watch porn. Um, gross. Watching Guys watching porn with yeah. other guys is weird and gross. I had a roommate in college who his fraternity... We all rushed different frats. His fraternity hazing was that they made them all watch... The term's no longer politically correct, so I'll go with little people pornography. Um, for 24 consecutive hours and they said Garrett and these three other roommates the fourth guy in all of the frat will be in your personal home to do this to which we said not gonna happen my guy not happening wait they wanted like an, or a brother to be in the house to confirm that your roommate was watching yes. little people porn. so they were gonna have him and about five other guys plus my roommate all watching little people porn in, in your house room. in my house and I said no. hey, hey guys uh, take two scoops of fuck off and yeah. get out of my home and then they did but yeah a bunch of dudes or any amount of dudes more than one dude watching pornography at the same time it's a weird thing it's out that like we're both like ew gross and I'm 100% sure that's something some people somewhere do yeah I've never understood I mean like guys go to strip clubs oh, together oh no I know dudes that are like oh yeah me and the boys watch some porn and I was like that's not a good thing that's you weird. should feel bad stop telling people I don't know if it's virtue signaling or judging but I just find it strange it's you know read into this as much as you want it's a bunch of presumably heterosexual dudes concealing boners next to each other watching television who wants it? We all graduated high school. Uh- <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> You'd be like in math class. They're like, Garrett, what is the square root of 186? I'm hard and I don't know why. Is that all of high school? Real quick. I don't wow, know you answer. tried to just solve the equation. That told us everything it's we like did now. 14-ish. 14-something. 14-ish. 14-something. Um... We all graduated from high school. Watching porn together is weird. Please continue, Boca. All right. So we did, we did these two. We did Billy Mac, or we did Billy... Bill mm-hmm. and uh, his manager, because their story doesn't tie to anybody else's. But like you, because he's famous, you see the music video and you see his TV antics. And they like they put the it movie. in throughout the movie. So yes. in the the way that this movie's stacked is, yeah, all the scenes are out of order. Everyone's mashing up. Yeah, with it's not out else. of order. Weaves. It weaves. They're weaving yeah. everyone together. So but like you'll have a scene so with Liam Neeson, and in the background, the radio's playing, and it's the pop star. It's okay. the rock star. It's you know yeah. they keep everyone involved in this. Yeah. So we're just going to go in the order that Wikipedia went. Who's the next? Oh, this is the good one. This is Kira Knightley. She was a oh, four. this is so beautiful. 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 Okay, wrong. Uh, Keep going with it. This is the the character's name Julia. Yes. Peter Mark. Yes. Juliet is Kira Knightley. Yep. Peter is Chiwetel Ejiofor, and uh, Mark is Andrew Lincoln. Yes. So, Kira Knightley and Chiwetel are getting married. Yep. Uh, Andrew Lincoln is the best man. Yep. Uh, the married couple, uh, you know, best man and uh, groom, they're best friends. Yep. And, uh, groom is, uh, Chiwetel is like, yo, I get that you never liked, uh, Keira Knightley, but like, yo, we're getting married, be cool. And they have a nice wedding and it's pleasant. But they say some stuff beforehand. 
What did they say before? So the, they're, they're obviously, uh, Mark's his best man. Yes. And so they're talking about like, hey, like, you know, do you have any secret plans for my oh, wedding? Oh, no. And he's like, we oh, no, like, uh, we're going to, like, it's going to be fine. There's no secret plans. And then the dude's like, are you sure? Like, it's not going to be like my stag party, which in Britain is a bachelor party for those of <laughs> us who... Thank you for translating uh, the Queen's English. 100%. Chips. And he's like, no, 100%, like, it's going to be fine. And he's like, you do realize that, like, the prostitutes were a little over the top. And he's like, yeah, no, they were. And he's like... And it would have been better if they were women. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, haha. But also, now here's um, what I'm interested in. This um, dude's about to get married, and he's like, the prostitutes would have been better if they were women, which is a bunch of heterosexual dudes, 100% facts. That being said, as a man that's about to get married, is he saying this because he's going to sleep with a bunch of prostitutes? He's No, he's just saying, he's just reminiscing on the stag night and talking about how like yo you you don't do surprises just as you did a surprise yeah. at the stag night that's how i took it but i was like is this man just like we should have had sex with some prostitutes i don't think so because it was the, it was the be- uh, best man who did the prostitutes as a surprise um but anyway uh best man is in love with Karen knightley and whoa 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 spoilers jump? you jumped they're at the wedding, okay. and then Mark is like, so they're they're about to. The, uh, Karen Knightley walks down the aisle. I th- believe they say the I do's. They turn around, and Mark, Mark, you are such a good best man. He has discount Jamie Fox. Who who's the actual singer? His voice sounds just like. Jamie oh, Fox. Close I was your eyes. like, close okay. your eyes and listen. It, it's it, this is discount Jamie Fox. I'm a friend of the Fox family, so I'm no, not you're gonna... not. Well, yes, you are actually. Yeah, yeah that's so. That. But like, close your eyes. He sounds just like fucking Jamie Foxx. Yes. Anyway, so he comes out and they sing, and then there's a whole gospel choir. They do a version it's of so like. Douchey of me to say I'm a friend of the Fox. Family. Yeah, hundred percent was, but I was trying not to call you out on it. Yeah, um, sorry. I think they they don't do Sign Sealed Delivered, but they do like a similar uh, like, feel goody love song. No, because it was the it? Beatles. Um, all you need is love. Ah, uh, that's what it is. Um, and so they do all you need is love, and the 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 groom turns around to Mark and is like. Oh, you did it, didn't you? Like you, oh, you brought this band over the top. To my wedding, fucking cute. yeah, doesn't matter. Cute, nice. Uh, it Keir- does. Doesn't get matter. Kira Knightley is like calls up Mark later. He yep. says, "Hey, Mark, uh, do you have? A- I know you're videotaping the wedding. Um, do you mind uh, sending me your video because the one we got from the official guy was all fucked up." And Mark is trying to be like, "Oh, sorry, don't know if I can find it." Bye. Hangs up. He. Mm-hmm. This is why. Kira Knightley and she would tell her like, yo, you don't like her. Um, you're, you've always been standoffish with her. She swings by his place um, wearing a goofy hat and carrying a... Like, I think Andre 3000 hat. Well, when Andre 3000 does, it's not goofy. No, but think Kira Knightley wearing Andre 3000's hat. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a... F- anyway. Uh, <laughs> it is factually accurate. It's not green, it's blue. But outside of that, you're picturing the right thing. When you say green, it's because you're thinking of Heya. Yeah, that's that's the hat that he's famous for wearing. Is Michael he... Jackson wore other clothes, but he wore a red leather jacket and thriller, and that's what everyone dresses up for is Halloween. Tell me I'm wrong. Fuck. Right? Got you there. I don't so... want you to tell me about Michael, but like, <laughs> alright. <laughs> so anyway, so so Shira Natalie stops off. Mark's an artist. She's like, this is this will come is up. Is that his job? Yeah. He's like at There's his. There's too many people. I, I know. Tell you. He's at his art studio. There's a bunch of paintings everywhere. She's like, hey, like, you know, can I find the wedding video? He's like, there's no real. Like, I probably don't even have it. I tried looking. It's not even here. Like, in essence, get out. And she's like, look, 
I'm married to your best friend. And he's like, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, no, no. Like, please let me finish. I get that you're not so a fan of me. We've never been close. You're always kind of cold and stayed off. She ends up with a let me finish, which is totally wrong. A hundred percent. I know you don't like me. You're a hundred percent off of me. I'm married to your best friend. She's not douchey about it, though. No, no, no. She's very, 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 like, this is it's very Karen mature. Knightley in her dimples. So yes. we're, we're on her side. A hundred percent. But also, like, genuinely, it could be anyone. The way that she says it is very mature. Like, she's she like. she wants to be his friend or whatever. Exactly. Like, put whatever pre like preconceived notion. notion that you have of me Jinx. like put that on this on the back burner i'm married to your best friend let's be friends he's yeah. like no of course and he's like but no but really though like i would love to be friends with you but like i don't have the tape even if we're friends i can't find the tape and then she turns around it's like the tape is right here because it's vhs welcome to 2003 were we not full dvd no we were in like a streaming versus dvd world you but back then i do by two years, Jesus. No, I mean, you do. That is true. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, my parents had a combo DVD VHS player, and you'd walk into a store, and you'd be like, wow, I'd love to go see uh, The, the Matrix Reloaded. Oh. And they'd be like, well, we have it on VHS, we don't have it on DVD, and we'd be like, well, I guess we gotta whip out the old combo player. Yeah. So she finds the VHS that's literally labeled. And she loads it for some reason. Was she it necessary? She just throws it in. Yeah. Just slides that right in. Yeah. He had no way out. No. And so they're watching the VHS tape of the wedding and a whole lot of close-up shots of her. It's like, oh, wow, it looked really good. And she does because it's Keira Knightley and her dimples. And um, then they, they, they keep watching the video. It's like, wow, it's a whole lot of shots of me. And then she's like, oh. It's all close-ups of her, Creepy. her hand, her face, her reactions. It's she. He filmed it so well that it's not like a like a stalker film because he's artistic so it's filmed like it's filmed like a well okay in reality it was done by a professional film crew it wasn't done by him so no, it looks that, like it was done not, professionally that's not the whole I'm poking here I'm saying is it not creepy she very quickly gets that like oh you aren't being distant with me you fucking love me yeah because this or, wedding uh, you've cropped your friend out of the wedding it's all about me you know why i'm going to pause yeah you said it's not that he loves her he's obsessed with her he doesn't know her i mean it's called love actually everyone's supposed to be in love everyone's supposed to eat vegetables and run but like we don't do that so like, i mean if there's a movie called vegetables actually there's probably going to be about a bunch of people that love vegetables why is this count as love um, so my argument throughout all this movie is that everything is <laughs> about various stages of love that, that goes from I'm seven, I'm infatuated and yeah, I'm that, in love for that seven middle school, by the way, whatever. He's not seven. Okay. He's 12. Um, I'm in love for 12 all the way up to I'm in love for 70. Can I gross you out? hundred percent. Um, tangent. Well, I'll get back to this point. 100%. Speaking of, um, there, there's a little boy in the story. Um, and he has his own love story. Yep. I can't remember his name. He's Jojen Reed from Game of Thrones. Which one's Jojen Reed? The little boy who's Liam Neeson's stepson. I know in the movie, but in Game of Thrones. Jojen Reed, um, Reed, House Reed was sworn to House Stark. Howland Reed was out the Tower of Joy with Ned Stark when they went to get uh, Lyanna Stark after she was giving birth to Jon Snow. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good for his career. Yeah. And also the yeah. movie. So it was Jojen Reed and Mira Reed who carried Bran North. Oh, I thought he looked familiar. Reed. That's who that kid is. Wow. Right. Okay. That kid in Love Actually. Yeah. Who's playing like an 11, 12 year old. Yeah. Is only five years younger than Kira Knightley. This is the same thing with um, Anakin Skywalker. And oh, fall in love with a 
not Keira Knightley, no. Natalie Portman. Which, when you look up their ages, it was a, it wasn't as similar, but it's still like seven years out. And seven, seven year gap between Padme and seven Anna? years is a jump. in universe or actors in actors. Okay, seven years is a jump, but when you're thirty and thirty seven, you can date. When you're seventeen and twenty four, it's a little bit more frowned upon. Not accounting for minors, the general formula being take your age divided by two and add seven. One hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I can see that this would be be uh, interesting. I'll, I'll, but one other piece of note of color, and I'm not sure if you can join me in on this, Kira Knightley is just a t- 12 out of 10. I, I kept going on about her dimples. I love Kira Knightley. I've had the biggest crush on Kira Knightley since I was five years old. We have a when home video of me. We, five? we have a home video of me. Ew, you're telling on yourself I am eight now. years old. I don't even care. Um, I am eight years old. I'm at Thanksgiving. My parents asked me what I'm thankful for, and I said Kira Knightley. Creepy. Weird, I'm yeah. I'm thinking you're eight and not 80. I mean... Uh. <laughs> It was age appropriate at the time. What the hell do you see Keira Knightley in when you were eight? Uh, Love Actually. God damn it. <laughs> okay. This was in Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm like, now you're a pirate? Like, could you be better? Pirates are cool. They are Not cool. Not as cool as ninjas, but are cool. So anyway, then Mark leaves, <laughs> Mark leaves the art studio. opinions about ninjas. He's sure. like, hey, like, I gotta go. He um, leaves his own house. He's yeah, so embarrassed. 100%. He leaves his own house. You see yourself out. As like, Keira Knightley's watching this videotape of her. He has a shrine somewhere of her, like Helga from Hey Arnold. I was just going to say that. Yo, great minds. So, uh, no, 100%. So he's like, I got to leave. And then before he leaves, which I really did appreciate, and I have a question for you after I say this. He's like, look, I'm not trying to be distant. This is a self-preservation thing. Like, I, 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 you're married by us. I hate the question you're about to ask. I can't do this. My question to you is, have you ever been self in have, self- I had, have I ever had the sense? Have you ever been a, a emotionally or physically distanced to someone intentionally because of self-preservation? Um, let me think for a second. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> and how? It was a situation. Uh, no, I. I'm not you. Speak vaguely. Speak vaguely. Friend, oh, I don't even want, I, Big vague. Big, big vague. Big vague. How do I, how about you share yours first, not forget words. So, people love it when we get into our own business because they're messy. 100%. If you're listening to this, you're probably messy. Yeah, that's fine. We appreciate you, you big messes. We're messes too. So, um, for me, it was more around the idea of someone that was a bit elder to me at the time. Who I was like, you know, you're you're fantastic. You're you're great. You're a little outside of age appropriate for me at this particular time in life. And while I think you're a fantastic person, you, we have different um, timelines for things we're looking for in life. So despite the fact that I think you're an amazing person, I also don't want to waste your time because I know there's things that genuinely I want for you that you're not going to get with me because I'm not there yet um, because okay. of the age gap. Okay. And as a result, I somewhat enforced a bit of a, um, you know, a, a distance there that probably should not have been and that I was not a big fan of, but in the end ended up being better for me having done it. Who's this juicy for? The amount of detail you're lacking here is... That's why I went vague. To try to, to try to land a roadmap for which you could follow. We're just talking about emotionally... You're talking about emotionally distancing or removing To yourself. be self-protective. Because it's like selfishly, it's like, of course you well, want this. Well, it's self-protective because we know it can't work. Yeah. Like, 
for example, your, keep be- your, heart. your best friend is marrying Kira Knightley. You're like, I love you, Kira Knightley. Are but you But I love the- my best friend more because. Are you exampling I- the movie we both just yeah, watched? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So uh, I'm just saying, like, put yourself in his shoes. His best friend is marrying Kira Knightley. He, he's madly in love with Kira Knightley, but that's not, he cannot be that selfish. That's not his lane. His best friend is in love with Kira Knightley, and Kira Knightley loves him. He needs to remove himself. And his solution to this conundrum is to be emotionally and physically distanced from this person. And that was very smart of him. He did what everyone ought to. He took what is the feeling. Boca example? He buried them. What is the Boca and, example? He kicked them in the nads. Oof. Uh, I don't think I... I can't think of one where I went. To, I had to go this far. Interesting. Aversion. I, I think it's just time. It's like, oh, whoever you're talking to is bad as hell. I'm just going to stay away from them because they're bad as hell and that's who you're talking to. So I'm going to stay away. Simple. See how I did that? Wow. Quickly, succinctly, and, and vague. no details. Yeah. Perfect. So anyway. Yeah. He skipped all skip my friends got in the movie. Yeah. Um. Oh, so uh, Mark. Oh no, I'm in love with Kira Knightley. But Kira Knightley's married to Chiwetel Ejiofor. Oh no. Um. Christmas Eve slash Christmas. This part is so fucking unnecessary. Uh, Kira Knightley and Chiwetel are sitting at in their new married person home. Watching Harry Potter as the British do. And Only thing on TV, all four channels. All four channels, Harry Potter. Yeah. Sorcerer's Stone, Chamber of Secrets, Definitely Hallows. You skipped. Uh, Goblet of Fire, Order of Phoenix, uh, Half-Blood Prince, Deathly Hallows Part 1, Deathly Hallows Part 2. Yeah. Then you got the new movies with Newt's Commander. Those are bad. They're not good. Just The first one's okay, the second one's shit. Yeah, 100%. Colin and Fr- even the first one, you're like, I, I'll buy in because I'm so hard up. The yeah. second one, you're like... Oh God, no! This is it. I just want a Quidditch movie. I want, I want fucking remember the Titans. I want a Quidditch, Quidditch. video game. I want. We I made know. one. Um, no, I want, I want fucking uh, remember the Titans of Quidditch, where they have the mud bloods, yeah. and the half bloods join the pure bloods, and uh, there's like uh, a little bit of bigotry. Yeah. And like, you know, they have to overcome that shit, overcome exactly. what they were taught. Exactly. To I, was in, that, my, I was in Slytherin. My daddy was in Slytherin. My great grandpa was in Slytherin. There ain't no way, no how I'm going to play Quidditch with no mudbloods. <laughs> Meanwhile, all the Denzel other... Washington is still the coach. Oh, I want this yes. so badly. And all the other three houses are like, hey, guys, um, why is everyone in Slytherin always evil? Why is everyone here essentially a neo-Nazi? A hundred percent. People who are... In modern day, proud to be in Slytherin. Need yeah. to be on the list. Check yourself a little bit. I listen. If You're on the wrong side every, of wizard history. If the, if the government's watching everything else we do and listening to our Amazon Alexas and our series and our Google Homes, I want you to take a list as everyone who took the BuzzFeed quiz for which Harry Potter house are you in. Take everyone who got Slytherin. Yeah. And just pay a little close attention. A little closer. Just watch. Now back to the movie. Then, which we are discussing. Like, do you believe in securing a future for the Aryan race? And the answer is yes. And those people got sort of Slytherin. Okay, it's absurd. Uh, Why do you even love them into the school double? Doors? If it ain't white, it ain't fill in the blank. If you put right, <laughs> you're in Slytherin. Congrats, that's you. And then of course, I think in universe, uh, J.K. Rowling had one or two um, black people in Slytherin, which is both a the efficacy of white feminism and b. Uh, something else. But where were we? Sorry. So, let me Christmas put us back in where we are. So oh. it's uh, what Christmas Eve at this point, and she's at d- dinner with her husband, and they've left out a very awkward note, which is Mark is like, hey, we both know I would love you now to a point that might be creepy. Oh, is this where he, no- he rings the doorbell? So he... 
I feel like multiple men around the world have have watched this movie and been like, "God, this was this was slick if it goes right. If it goes wrong, you are a dick for four minutes just standing at a door. But if He's it goes a dick for right, than that. no, no, no. This in this movie it does go well. So Mark shows up to the door with cue cards and says basically, "Hey, just tell him it's Carol. To me, you're beautiful, which is a weird card." Right, because like, like, you're Karen Knightley. <laughs> to people that can't see, you're beautiful. That's how said, beautiful you are. Karen Knightley said, "Bitch, where?" Talking about to me, you're beautiful. Where am I not where on any am block? I not. <laughs> Karen Knightley banged her chest and said, "On any block, okay." So, <laughs> to me, you're beautiful. Yeah, nigga. Who else? Excuse my language. Ray so, Charles thinks I'm beautiful, and he can't see me. Yeah. So. These so, drinks we made were too strong. A little bit. So, um, he he goes through this whole list of cue cards, and each cue card is a new and beautiful thing that he's saying to her, which is basically like, look, the TLDR of this entire conversation is, you're beautiful, I love you. I've loved you for a very long time. If I'm aloof, it's because I love you, and I wish that I was married to you, but I'm not. My best friend is married to you. But I love my best friend, and I really love you, and I want you both to be happy. So I'm not going to fuck this up, but I need you to know that I love you so that we can be friends, so that we can move past this awkward time where I wish you were mine, and I wish I could kill my best friend and, st- and steal you for my own. Uh, just to clarify, not all of those words were on the cue cards. No, they were not, but it was a jest. He had a lot of large cards. It was, okay, yeah, let's put cue cards in context. Find the biggest poster board at Staples, buy 38 of them, <laughs> and then hold them and drop them slowly over time. Yes. Um, okay. And then he walks away because he said his piece. Yeah. And then she comes out, kisses him, um, runs Which. back inside, and then he's like, that was enough. Yep. That's all I needed. That's Just all I one needed. kiss from Karen Knightley. He goes back so... to that for the rest of his life. And stock and lotion companies nationwide went up 10% that day. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, and that's the end of the story of Juliet, Peter, and Mark. How are Next they tied time. to the other people? We're going to have to... We can do that after. 100%. We're going to be like those uh, old-timey uh, detectives that have red string and a bunch of thumbtacks and a map, and they're just trying to pin you the mean crime the together. You like, write manifestos and, yeah. put, and put the names of Jewish authors in triple parentheses. A hundred percent. And somehow read Catcher in the Rye and go, let's kill John What Lennon. was up with that? So, I, that's a... Th- okay, we're going to zoom Why out for Catcher a hot second. Catcher in the Rye and John... I, I read it. Yeah. I spark-noted it. Yeah. And I you never... spark-noted it? You didn't even read it. It's not good. It isn't, but I, like, I was in middle school, and they were like, this is a banned book. This is edgy. That and, adds points. And the, the guy that read this killed fucking John Lennon. That will make you read it, because, like, yo, Oh, why? yeah. I did not read many books in it high school. It gets you in the door. I spark-noted a lot, so okay. I'm not even shading you. Yeah. But when they were like, this dude killed John Lennon because he read this, I was like, okay, so what chapter is it when they say kill John Lennon? <laughs> if you read the sentence backwards, <laughs> yeah. kill John Lennon. Where's kill John Lennon? And it's like a so sexually enough. frustrated teenager who's a douche. Is that what it's about? 100%. Well, I mean, is And he misreads every... a lyric that, uh, that he thinks says catcher in the rye. What does his ex say? I there was a someone better than us. His will sister know. in the thing was the one who corrected him though. I remember that. Yeah, sister. and he's like, "No, you're wrong." And basically, that's the subnote of the whole book. You're yeah. wrong. Your opinions are wrong. You're 16 and you're wrong. If somehow you're listening to this and you haven't read Catching the Ride due to 11th grade English, yes, don't, don't. It's yeah. not good. We don't want you to kill Ed Sheeran because I guess. He's <laughs> 
the, cl- the closest thing we have to John Lennon? You'll always be the shape of me. Oh, And then no. just fucking shots fired. It's over. At the funeral, they have a looper pedal. Yeah. Okay. So, the next piece, the next uh, anthology in this movie. Yep. It's about Jamie and Aurelio, a.k.a. Colin Firth and Portuguese uh, lady. Okay. Why are you breathing like this one's hot? It's not. This one is okay. So here's what let's let I need us for the, for the for the point of the movie. We need to understand where we've been. So we've been On with Earth? aging pop star with his manager, and they they love each other as age old friends who tried to reach a goal. They did it despite all the odds, and they're just like, "I love you. Thank you for helping me." Yes. The second one that we have in here is like, "You're my best friend's friend." Or, sorry, you're my best friend's fiance, um, wife. Yeah. I love my best friend. Yeah. As a friend. I love you romantically. It's not going to work for me, but, like, we're going to have find a way to deal with this. Okay. Um, this one is I love you and I love and you love me. Language is a big barrier, and we're going to try to overcome this because uh, love knows no bounds. I think this is one of the medium. There's, there's ten separate stories. We're going to power rank them this at the end. Oh, God. Okay. So well, I'll move quickly so we can get to that. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, within the order of the way the movie did it, mm-hmm. this one came up pretty early. The yeah. first scenes with Colin Firth. Yeah, uh, aka dude from the King's Speech. He's great. Whoa. Yeah. Sorry, it all just registered for me. I presume King's Speech King guy is Queen Elizabeth's dad. Uh, in real life. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Cool. I mean, they, I bet they made that very clear, but it only just registered. I, Colin I, Firth is not Queen Elizabeth's so, dad. So I just, just started clear. watching The Crown on Netflix. Uh, Humble brag. Fun. Uh, anyway, Colin Firth, he's with his girlfriend about to go to uh, Keira Knightley's wedding. And his girlfriend's like, yo, I'm sick. Just go without me. He says, okay. You know what my note was? What? Remember, this is the second essentially scene we get in this thing. Yeah. Uh, 80% chance this woman is cheating on Colin Firth. Oh, 100%. That was my note. Like, Oh, by the way, maybe five so minutes a lot of the movies, maybe I've seen a lot. Boca hasn't. Boca's seen. I haven't. Yeah. How many times have you seen this before we reviewed? I saw it kind of once in high school at this girl Rachel's house. Um, Say more. <sighs> nothing happened. You're, eye- you're eyebrowing me. Nothing happened. Because uh, A, I was in high school. I was focused on my but, books like oh, a good Nigerian boy. Nerd! <laughs> Fuck you. And uh, B, this movie is so bad that it just like makes anybody go limp anyway. So, nothing happened. So, that is the wrong take. Pardon my language. It's the people going. I'm going to ask you after the fact to bleep out several things. Then I will not. At least one. Um, so, uh, Colin Firth, girlfriend cheating on him. Yep. With his brother. Yep. And so, Colin Firth, instead of murdering... Not that murder is correct, but he does not murder anybody. No. Instead, he just leaves and goes to France. Um, Doesn't Eminem have a song about this? About murder? Yeah, it's like conscience. No, no, it's off the uh, L- uh, Slim Shady LP. Something about conscience. It's it's Dr. Dre and Eminem being the devil and the angel on someone's oh. shoulder. And they're like, someone catches them cheating. And, and Dr. Dre's like, hey, like, think about your kid. Think about your yes. wife. Like, don't overreact. And Slim Shady's like, oh, murder immediately. We do not all have an encyclopedic knowledge of Eminem, Garrett. Someone wasn't white and grew up in the burbs. <laughs> anyway, Only he listened. Half of that. <laughs> he listened to Dr. Dre, 
and he yeah. didn't kill and her. And he didn't kill. And he instead went to I South not, America. I want a virtue signal. I murder is not the answer. Don't kill your spouse just because you catch some cheating. You can just leave and be yep. upset. One hundred percent. Also, he, he did not go to South America. He went to France. He went to France. Yeah, because not she's not Brazilian. She's Portuguese. I know the maid. Yeah. Um. Uh, so he goes. He has a like a spot in France. He goes to. He has a new uh, housekeeper. Uh, her name is uh, Aurelia. Yeah. And she only speaks Portuguese. Yep. He only speaks English. And in horrible French. Horrible French. And when so, they first meet, he assumes that she's French, so he's like. Because he's in French. Je m'appelle Claude. And, he, she, and they're like. How and much French do you speak? That's all I have. Okay. I took, th- I took. Th- uh, Bellier. Bellier. Um, my name is Gaudier Bellier. Um, I took three weeks. They tried to explain three to me weeks? how to say the time in French. And it was basically the English equivalency would be not like 3 p.m. It'd be like three when the sun is three hours past its highest point. And I was like, I'm out. I'm sure those slang shorthand that actual French people use. Well, it's like we take Spanish and you anyone that speaks formally. Spanish is like, that's not how anyone ever On speaks ever. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Portuguese housekeeper, um, English Colin Firth, a.k.a. the king. Yep. Um, not because he's great, but because he played the king one time. Yep. And somehow they fucking fall in love. It's absurd. I'm skipping a little bit. But it they, is not they, absurd. Why do they... F- All right. He's so there's... Right, so, author, by the way. He's writing a book. Yep. And uh, he's gone into isolation in France because obviously his wife and or girlfriend... girlfriend. Uh, just cheated. Okay. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, girlfriend is cheating on him. So he's in isolation writing his new book. Uh, she's like checking in on him. We see the subtitles of her in Portuguese, like what she's saying versus what he's saying. They play off each other really well, but they don't speak the same language, so they don't know they're playing really well off each other. So that part was legitimately funny. It really is because she was saying like, "Hey," she says in Portuguese, "I hope you stop eating those cookies. You're getting really fat." And then he says in English, "Yo, I'm really lucky. I have the kind of figure where I never gain weight." Yep. She says like, "Oh, you should give me fifty percent of the profits of your book." He says, man, I should give you 5% of the profits in my book. Yep. So th- those parts are funny. So he's out like by the water. He has a cup of coffee on one stack of papers, a rock on the other stack of papers. He's using a typewriter. And yeah. look, it's 2003. It's not 1803. You Some have op- a laptop. Just type it up. George R. R. Martin, R. R. Martin writes very slowly. Yeah, and if he write faster, we would not have season 8 of Game of Thrones. Oh, vey. That's on um, him. But yeah, he writes on like an old school ass... Uh, typewriter yeah not a typewriter it's a it's, it's like an early computer but he writes on some early ash it's so, wrong so basically some authors do that shit so she refills his glass of coffee and it's like hey how are you doing in portuguese moves the cup and half of his entire book goes flying in the wind up, into a outside. into a pond yeah and so she oh, immediately strips off all of her clothes but her panties and, and like jumps in the water then colin firth is like well she's gonna think i'm a loser if i don't jump in there but like no one should yeah. and he says out loud like that's half my book at first and then he's like it's not even good like don't jump in no yeah. one needs to save this and thing I, let it die it's 100 not saveable by the way oh no 100 like the ink has run it's it's not only is it like it's on the water it's in, in the water Yes. Yeah, no, it's over it's for him. It's a piece of paper in a pond. The shit's gone. And so she's, like, swimming around, like, God, I hope this is good. If I die, like, for a horrible uh, book, then, like, how sad was my life? And he's like, it's not worth saving. It's not even Shakespeare. It's absolute garbage. Yeah. And, again, he speaks English. She speaks Portuguese. No one knows what the other one's saying. Why don't they? Why don't they what? Why is it? That, oh, man, my maid only speaks Portuguese, or my housekeeper only Mm -hmm. speaks Portuguese, and I'm super into her. It's 2003. Yeah, there's no Google Translate. No, there's no Google Translate yet. 
He but doesn't. also, like, he's not he's not in the fucking French boonies. He could get... Because he drives her back to home mm-hmm. at the end of the work. Day. Yeah, 100%. He could get his hands on a Portuguese to English dictionary where they could communicate on some level. Because basically, we're given the impression they never explicitly, with understanding, talk yeah. to another. So I think for the purposes of the movie, it's important that they can't speak. Because they, they're trying to say that love does not know any bounds. So whether you even speak the same language, you I'm can be in love with someone and speak in the love of lang- uh, speak in the language of love. I talk too much to not be able to talk at all to whoever the hell I'm trying to talk to. There's they have a chemistry, which I will say. Do they? Let me put or it does this the way. movie tell us they the do? casting department in this movie does a very good job. Which even if you don't like this they movie, they looked at Boca, who's in Harry Potter. And no, like, uh, whoa, 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 whoa! They only took half the cast of Harry every Potter. British movie. 25% of those people were in Harry Potter. Well, yeah, it's because... Harry Potter is massive. And also, is there a small British community that gets movies that are it's filmed wide, in North America? Because it's widening to the point that like a lot of uh, black British actors are coming in to play like black American parts. And like black people are like, yo, what the fuck? Like black American actors are like, hey, fuck off. Kind, not, I don't know if the actors are, because they, they're not going to verbally call this out. Like... The the uh, the Harriet Tubman movie that came out. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the woman playing Harriet Tubman uh, is British. Yes. Yes. Cynthia Erivo, I think. Yeah. yeah, and she's British, so it's a whole thing. But basically, Br- British actors exist. Anyway, uh, but everyone's in Harry Potter because Harry Potter's great. Harry Potter's great. They also made fifteen movies, so I mean, of course, Eight. someone's going to be in them. So anyway, um, Colin Firth then drops her back off at home. Uh, she kisses him. And his immediate response is just shocked to where I would have been like, dude, you've been in love with this girl for like 75% of the movie. Maybe we like Hunter, like not Hunter, that sounded terrible, but like chase her down and be like, oh. The most dangerous game. (laughs) We're hunting women now, according to Garrett. (laughs) Welcome to Colin Firth, Lady Hunter. Oh, God. Um, Like, why don't we walk the extra five steps, be like, no, 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 like we don't speak the same language, but like, I also love you. Let's keep this going. But why is the maid into him? They they have chemistry. Like, she knows that he is an awkward, bumbling, slow-typing, well-intentioned and romantic person with a kind heart. And he he's a little bit emotionally scarred. Um, She's very, very supportive, fun-loving, spontaneous, and outgoing, and also keeps his life on track. And that kind of pairing without words, they they can appreciate that, like, hey, I kind of need what you're throwing out right now. Fine. And so it's like Christmas Eve, and Colin Firth says, I'm going to go find Aurelia uh, and propose her. And he's been working on his Portuguese. Which, uh, by the way, proposal in general, scary sometimes. Yeah. Proposal, when you don't speak the language, know where she lives, have never met her family, and are culturally inept to all of her life. Yes. the way Terrifying. Yes. Oh, my, my God. I'm not from this country at all. It must be mine. <laughs> What was the shit you said the other day? <laughs> oh, God, no. Getting out of your British roots. I think we we're just talking about, oh, the idea of, like, uh, being people managers or whatever. Yeah. And Gary's just like, eh, it's fine. I don't need training. I'm just born to leave. And oh, like, I'm going to get an intern. And Boca was like, you should go to manager training. I'm like, no, no, no. I was born to have an intern. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's that white devil in you just speaking out right there. Uh, Have you seen my complexion? Of course yeah. I deserve someone to report Based to me. Based on the shape and composition of my skull. The Caucasus Mountains. You see, if you fill my skull, you'll see it smoother. Yes, indeed. Indubitably. So I am meant to be in charge. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure our actions will have no long-term historical repercussions. Yeah, you know, we got butter chicken out of it, so. It's true. Honestly, it's, it's level. No, it's not. No, it's not. 
Garrett. When you said we got buttered chicken out of it, I was like, are you kidding me? No, it's, yeah, but, like, I'm not involved as far as, like, India, uh, India versus Britain. I'm okay. being sarcastic. Okay. Woo. Keep it moving. Anyway, he go, uh, he goes to find Aurelia yeah. and propose. 100%. He's a Portuguese for however much this time frame was. 100%. It was, like the, it was, like, the start of December to, like, Christmas Eve. Yeah, he had He learned weeks. conversational Portuguese. I'm like, okay. Is, you love someone. That was... Yo, kudos. Yeah. Unrealistic. Um, but just sculpt it. I don't even travel across most major Bay Area bridges. Yeah, you never... Yeah. I don't see you in Oakland. So. I'm not there. Mm. But it's, learned, it's a bridge thing. Yeah. So anyway, uh, learns Portuguese, meets her, or meets the father, meets uh, the sister, and eventually meets her. And in decent, for 20 days of learning Portuguese, proposes, and she says yes. Everyone's happy, despite this being insane. And we move on. Yeah, next next plot line. Next plot line. This is Snape and Emma Thompson. Yes. Alan Rickman. Emma Thompson is Snape. so sweet. Yes. Like, she's a really good partner. Yeah, it's Snape, um, his assistant, Mia, and Emma Thompson. We're going to get to Mia. Ugh. Snape and Emma Thompson are married. They have two kids. Emma Thompson is a stay-at-home mom whose brother is the Prime Minister of England, and whose um, something else is someone else. Perfect. You have the connection sheet. You'll Sorry, get, we'll get back one, to it. Yeah. Emma Thompson, who's the... Liam Neeson is like just friends with The him. friend, thank you. Yeah. We'll get to Liam Neeson uh, like Liam, three stories from now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, basically, Snape has his assistant, Mia, who sucks and keeps on aggressively hitting on him. But, like, there's... Uh, first Don't off, let's address the elephant in the room. Mia is attractive AF. This is one of those things where us having different tastes comes to light. She is... Watch the movie. I like it. I don't see it. Watch the movie. I don't see why she's now in Rickman. R.I.P. But, like, He's the she, professor of potions. 100%. That's power. And she's the professor of hubbada, hubbada, hubbada. Um, and... <laughs> so... She, I don't really see why she's into him, but that being said, the way that they've written her character, if she was completely nude, just dirty talking him in every scene, it would be more subtle than the way that they've written her scenes. She, yeah, she's very overtly hitting on this married man who is also her boss. Um, and so it culminates at their, essentially at their, at their Christmas party, they're, they're just dancing. Well, before that. Yes. Well, okay. Uh, Someone. Mia has overt sexual behavior at the office. Yes. Um, Snape does not tell her to go back up. But we have a couple scenes with with uh, Snape and his wife where, and again, the point of this entire relationship is this is what a relationship looks like when you've been married for 10, 20, 30 years. You're very comfortable with your spouse, but maybe something's missing. And I think for Alan Rickman, the point is not that his wife is bad or that he's maybe even bad, mm-hmm. but that they've, they've, there's been a uh, taken for well he's wrong in that he's taken her for granted he's taken the stability of the relationship for granted he's gotten a little bored and now he has someone who's like maybe he's in his late 50s early 60s she's in her late 20s early 30s a little bit of a smoke show and so he's like wow she's into me and he's being a bit of what I think the um, uh, Latin term is a dumb fuck <laughs> and so uh, he's biting That's in a 100% uh, he's buying in on this entire thing of her being like, 
hey, like, here are your, here are the TPS reports. And he'll be like, oh, thank you. And she'll be like, fuck me on my desk. And he'll be like, yeah, so anyway, thanks for the reports and, like, she all very mental note. about wanting to fuck him, and it's very rude. Yeah, like, I'm being, I'm being more obviously blunt than they are in the movie. But if she was like, I'll suck you off right now in every scene, it would yeah. be the entire undertone of every scene. Um, and so at one point, they're at, at the, so there's a company holiday party, um, where it's Alan Rickman, the secretary, and there's two other characters in the same company that we'll get to, but we're yes. not there yet. And she's dressed as Satan. Cause she is Satan. She has devil horns, a red dress. The devil horns light up again where it's not Halloween. And she's trying to seduce. She it's Christmas devil. and she's dressed as Satan. Yeah. I need to drive this home because I don't think anyone, I don't think people are getting it yet. Uh, men, women, children, you're listening to the podcast. Hopefully you're not children. True. You are thinking about your company's corporate holiday party. You're trying to fuck your boss and your go-to move is to dress up as actual Satan. Yes. Boga, take it away. Important tie back to earlier. Yes. This holiday party is taking place at a gallery. Yes. Whose gallery is this? Mark's. It's Mark. Mark who was in love with Kira Knightley. Yes. Everybody in this movie is tied together. Yep. Um, six degrees. Yeah. It's, it's it's six degrees of Kevin Bacon in here. Yep. And so uh, a Snape starts dancing with Mia, the his assistant. Mia Khalifa. Mm, that's not who this is. Deep cuts. That would be more a fan of her than this woman. <laughs> um, and... Mia is like hitting on him, like, yo, this is all for you. You can oh, have anything. You can have anything. Merry Christmas, Poppy. Yeah. Ugh. I hate that even that came out of my mouth. Yep. I'm going to cut my tongue off. I'm like a department this. store. All entrances are also exits. I got that in reverse, but you know what I'm just trying to say. I know. Okay. Anyway, she goes way too uh, uh, aggressive. 17 on the whole Snape thing. Snape is 15. He's into it. Yep. And so he's at the. He's at the Cut to post-holiday party yep. after dancing slowly with this woman. Yes. Um, and Emma Thompson calls him out on it. She, because, okay, they do cut to her, his his uh, his wife, who's, yes. like, watching, like, oh, Much okay. like Professor Trelawney, who Emma Thompson also plays in Harry Potter. True. She, got, she has eyes. Emma Thompson's talking to her friend, who's also, like, so is his job, I mean, obviously he, like, runs the office, so I guess he has to dance with a lot of people, and she's, like, some more than others. Mm-hmm. So then they're in she's bed. Him. And she says a very profound thing. What'd she say? She's like, hey, uh, Mia's very attractive, isn't she? Which is a go-to test. <laughs> because the correct answer is, yes, I have eyes. They function properly. I've been to an optometrist. Yeah. Mia is attractive. He goes, oh, is she? I didn't really notice. <laughs> Which is guy talk for, she's a smoke show, and I'm scared to say it. I don't think that's fair. Uh, Mind you. Okay. I, hate, I think I made it clear I hate Mia. Yeah. If somebody's like... There's some people you don't realize. Some people you don't notice. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yeah. you're dating a girl you're madly in love. But maybe this girl's giving you particular attention. You're in bed. Your girlfriend says, hey, Doja Cat's kind of attractive, huh? Doja Cat's not a fair example. Try again. And you're supposed to say, I don't have eyes. I have no sense of attraction to any human. My answer to that is I don't love Doja Cat. But what, she's not saying you love her. <laughs> saying, yeah. is Doja Cat attractive? And Bocas' response is... I don't love Doja Cat. You know why? Judo flip. This, yeah. Use the momentum against him? Use the momentum against okay. him. Well, in honesty... I lower my hip. He lies. And he says, you know what? No. And she goes, we both know that's not true. And then she says something that cuts deep and is very Ooh. powerful. Which Get is, him. be careful there. And then she leaves the room. <laughs> Now, now, I'm not saying it right. I, thought, I forgot what the line was. What Emma Thompson, song. the way that she delivers it, is like, we both know. 
You're an old man. She's a young, attractive woman. You have two options. You can fuck yourself. And if you want to fuck yourself, you, you fuck yourself. Fuck me. And, and you fuck will... yourself hard. Or you fuck your wife. Pick your... Do you want to fuck you or do you want to fuck me? That would have been different energy. Yeah. That'd be BDE right there. I would have been there. into it. Yeah. 100%. Emma and Thompson. keep going. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so what does he do? Uh, he goes to the jewelry store Why? at the mall. It's, they're doing general Christ- Christmas shopping. And he, he leaves. He's going to leave to actually go Christmas shopping. And yeah. his, his uh, administrative assistant is, well, Mia, is like, hey, are you going to buy me anything? And he's like, I, I oh. Even though, even though I'm ready to cheat, I'm also not good at this. So. Uh, I hadn't really thought about it. Uh, I don't know. And he's like, what do you what want? She lost interest. Like, yo, you're corny. Yeah. You know what? Actually, Snape, you go back to potions, you bitch. Yeah. And that's why I became a death eater. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, but no, anyway, so she's like, I want something that... I can't get anywhere else. Something that I can wear on me. Was she just going to gold 100%. She's basically like, buy me jewelry, bitch. So he goes to like their version, the Hogwarts version of Saks Fifth Avenue. (laughs) And is like, hey, one jewelry, please. In which case he runs into the best actor for this role. Mr. Bean, a.k.a. Rowan Atkinson, um, a.k.a. the spirit of Christmas, whatever the fuck in this movie. Uh, and he gets an ugly, ugly necklace for his uh, assistant, but it's gold, so I guess she'll value it because she's shallow. Yep. And Mr. Bean... Which, by the way, he asks... uh, Okay, think a Cuban link, right? Yeah. Big-ass gold chain that goes around your neck for those that are unfamiliar with the hip-hop game. Those would cost, I don't know, 10 Gs minimum. He asks, hey, how much is this big-ass, and I mean big-ass gold necklace? This might be plated. 250 pounds. It's plated. 250 pounds. It's not pure gold. It's plated. I mean, it has to be, but I don't know what 2003. Maybe the economy was different. Maybe gold was like a dollar an ounce. Britain was still part of the EU. Yada, yada, yada. World War III hadn't even happened yet. Yeah. So, Rowan Atkinson, Mr. Bean... It takes 45 minutes. So, okay, I get the necklace. I put it in the box. I put the box in a plastic thing. Into the plastic thing, I also put some holly, and I put some lavender, and I put some uh, cardamom, and I put some cinnamon. And it's taking it's so-, so long. He has put, uh, honestly, watch a Food Network cooking show. There's fewer ingredients. And then uh, Emma Thompson comes back, and like uh, Snape has to play cool. Uh, fast forward to like right before Christmas. And Emma Thompson finds uh, the necklace in his in Snape's jacket. Yeah. And Emma Thompson's like, oh boy, he got me a necklace. Yay. It's an ugly necklace, but she's excited because they've been married forever. Cuban link. And, uh, <laughs> and so it's Christmas Day. They're opening gifts. She opens hers. It's the same shape. And he's like, oh boy. And it's a Joni Mitchell CD. They talked about Joni Mitchell earlier. Pause, yeah. pausing shout out Joni Mitchell I already know it's Edith your Spotify top 5 Joni Mitchell was in my Spotify top 5 for this calendar year uh, California, Edith and the Kingpin Help, etc what do Joni you Mitchell. think right now you can't answer listeners at home or wherever you are what do you think Boca's number 1 artist of 2019 was wait who was my number 1 artist Fleetwood Mac oh right yeah. Fleetwood <laughs> Mac. Rumors is a perfect album. It is, made by people that fucking hated each other, but it's yeah. a great album. Yeah. That being said, I went for through. a young <laughs> for a 25-year-old, a young adult in 2019, you're not thinking Fleetwood Mac is the banger of the year. Well, there's two pieces of that. A, I'm multifaceted, you can't put that in a, me in a box. B, I went through it this year. No, we will not get into it. Moving on. Uh, yeah. Damn. Max Someone's like an onion. Joan, yeah. 
uh, Joni Mitchell slaps Fleetwood Mac, Mac slaps, but she's upset about the Joni Mitchell CD. Yeah. And this part's funny, not sad and funny. Funny how dark comedy. And he, the reason it's funny is because if she had not seen the necklace, yeah, she would have liked the Joni Mitchell CD. Hundred percent. She had mentioned earlier how much she loved Joni Mitchell. He legitimately does remember that, and he buys her a CD. And plus, they're married forever, so you don't spend money, money. Yeah. But he saw this. Ne- she saw this necklace uh, that is Emma Thompson. He's like, yep. yo. So if I don't get this necklace, who the fuck is? I'm just like yeah. dancing hella long. I'm here. a cut a bitch. Yeah, cut a bitch. Hundred percent. And and so after the Christmas play for the kids, um, Emma Thompson calls him out. It's like, yo, what what would you do if you were me? Would you stick around? You made me look like a fool. She doesn't. She doesn't go full waiting to exhale and burn all his shit. Yeah. But uh, she's heartbroken. Find the Joni Mitchell CD. She's heartbroken by the Netflix. Um, the Netflix. What a necklace. That's way better than Netflix. We've been drinking. Um, I've been drinking. I've been drinking. drinking. Surfboard. Shout out to the new Ivy Park collab coming with Adidas. It looks like some good shoes coming. That was a big sentence from someone that listens exclusively to Fleetwood Mac. I'm sorry. <laughs> You weren't even hip to the Ivy Park collab until I mentioned it right now. So shut the whoa, fuck up. whoa, 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 whoa! Feet heat till I die. <laughs> okay, yeah. Keep it moving. Emma Thompson, she's upset. They get separated slash divorced, and yeah. this one doesn't really end happy. No, it doesn't. We spent too much time on this one. I know, but there were a lot of layers here. Some of these will be more shallow. Let's keep it. Oh, keep and it this, going. this next one is a problem. Talking about we spent too much time. Yeah. Because despite me not liking them, got? it's my favorite. Which. It is Hugh Grant's. Yes, you're on the right side of history. For this piece. It's a 10-piece fucking movie. We're doing Hugh Grant and Meat? his and his assat- assistant, Natalie. Right off the bat, Hugh Grant. Fuck. Be the president of all of us. Be our, be our commander-in-chief. No. President fucking Grant. You know what I'm saying? No. Yeah, you're wrong. I do but not know his politics. Doesn't matter. How do you know 2019, it doesn't the- matter. Are you famous? Do you say words that make me feel good inside? Are you for eliminating everything that I enjoy and that would directly impact me as a person? Doesn't matter. You make me feel good. More of your family tree voted for Trump than you want to deal with. That is not true. And that statement just resonated. But it wasn't me. So I, anyway. I know it wasn't you. All right. Hugh Grant is yeah. the prime minister, as he ought be in fictional yep. films. Um, and he moves into 10 Downing Street and he meets his staff. And... He has a member of his staff is and he goes, he goes down the line. He meets like you're gonna be like, I, I, hello, I'm, hello I'm Mr. Critchett. and he has I've the most awkward like since Henry the Eighth, and I bring you tea. <laughs> Hugh Grant is doing his Hugh Hugh Grant thing where he he's like awkward jokes. and British and whatever. So the guy's like, my name is Forrest. And he's like, I had an uncle named Forrest. He diddled kids. I never liked him very much, but I'm sure you're lovely. And Mr. <laughs> Forrest is like, oh, fuck. But then they keep I'm, it moving. I'm dying right now. That's the most unnecessary thing to say when you meet somebody, if that is your personal truth. 100%. Hi, I'm David. Oh, my uncle David touched children. <laughs> like, it's not that the direct the line, up. but it's pretty damn close. Shut the fuck up. Just keep that to yourself. Nobody needs to... Okay. Hugh, calm it down. You can say that in here. Up top. Keep it in the mind box, okay? Keep it in the mind box. All right, like, hello, I'm Forrest. Hi, I'm... This is... Uh, blah, blah, blah. Hello, Dr. Phil. Yeah. Today I'd like to talk about... Yeah, so old person, old person. Moves down the and line. And then third person, because rule of threes in comedy... Hi, I'm Natalie. Oh, no. Uh, she doesn't do all that. She doesn't. Um, hi, what I'm she says Natalie. Is, um, 
shit, fuck, shit. She's like, hi, I'm Natalie. I'm here to be your uh, administrative assistant. Oh, fuck. I meant uh, secretary. Oh, shit. I meant... So she says shit, piss, fuck, uh, everything but fuck. Yeah. Like, she says no, like, eight different she swear words. Fuck. She doesn't yet. She okay. says eight different swear words. And she goes, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm, I've completely messed this up. And Hugh Grant, trying to be self-deprecating and a gentleman as he is, he's like, well, I would have really been screwed if you had said fuck, wouldn't it? And she goes, oh, I know. I had this dream last night that I totally fucked this up. And then there's this awkward pause of like, well, you've now said fuck. Now you've really have just said all the words. Mm-hmm. And then they keep it moving. I've, my note here was... Hugh Grant finna fuck Natalie or whatever, I promise you. A hundred percent. Hugh Grant finna fuck Natalie. Or whatever. Finna fuck Natalie is a good album name. No, it's not. It's okay. It's bad SEO. You can't put on the cover of shit. It's great on SoundCloud. It does numbers. Oh, not everything's about SoundCloud. Okay, I want the major release. Lil Yachty's a rapper. He's signed. Lil Boat. Signed. I mean, SoundCloud. <sighs> discuss that separately 100% um, this is also by the way P.Q. Grant like the actor Hugh good. Grant is at the peak of his powers was, in one of his best roles if not the best role he has of his career it was a plus or minus one from uh, about a boy as far as like this is the around the zenith of his power apotheosis yeah. of Hugh Grant you could shoot a bullet into Hugh Grant's face and what? it would bounce off at this point in his career I did not know how that sentence was going to end and it didn't end accurately He's still, he's not bullet, anyway. He was bulletproof right now, metaphorically speaking. Right. Keep yeah. it going. Hot Secretary Natalie. Who is hot. And yet nobody in universe seems to think so. And, and they're wrong. And this is one of those things that, like, what aged the worst? Steal Nat from the rewatchables. Mm-hmm. What aged really poorly? Everyone keeps trying to call Natalie fat. And you and I both have the same point about this. Yeah, they, so prior. It's 2003. Yeah, 2003. So, look, 2019, you see a, a, a man or a woman that's like, they're not thin, they're not like morbidly obese yeah. or even uh, that fat whatever they're they're plumper than maybe your ideal body shape but it's all held up in the right proportions and that is called thick and thick is hot af thank you for like intellectually breaking down the uh, the definition of thick yes yes and that is called thick they didn't have thick they had fat and thin so like, you either have a thigh gap that's four inches apart or you're fat natalie ain't fucking fat and does she have a thigh gap? No. Which, by the way, Boca and Yara, I think you're going to sing backup vocals on this song. Mm-hmm. Thigh gaps are overrated. There we go. Thighs are great. Men love thighs. I think, well, I don't know. I'm not a woman, but I'm assuming yeah. the people, it gets the people going. Thighs are good. Stop running away from thighs. Stop running away from body fat percentages over 10%. Eat some food. Live a little. Boca, take me away. It was so funny. I think she has a line later. Oh, or let me... We're, we're, we're talking about this now, so we're going to talk about this now. Talking about it now. She has a line later, like, no man wants a wants a woman with, with thighs like tree trunks. Oh, that's when I wrote my note. Oh, God, you just grunted into this fucking <laughs> microphone. <laughs> Let's calm down. Deep breaths. If you're listening, everyone take a deep breath. Everyone take a deep breath. This is now Mindfulness Podcast. I'm Terry Gross. In, hold, and out. Natalie's thighs are gross. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> I feel gross. Yeah, and accurate. Okay, so. Okay. Um, but but everyone's attracted to Natalie, by the way. Yeah. Because Billy Bob Thornton is the American president. Which. Much like he is in our dystopian future. Right now, we don't have a poll, but let's just take a mental poll. Wherever you are at home, would you rather have Donald Trump or Billy Bob Thornton as your president in 2019? At, you know what the thing is? What? 
I don't know actual Billy Bob Thornton's podcast. I'll spin that wheel. Like, what? I'll spin the wheel. Yeah, because it's a guaranteed shitty versus maybe not. I'll spin the wheel. Yeah, so for all we know, it's like, oh, yeah, no, great. He was in Princess Mononoke. Who was he in that? He did the voices of the, um, oh, God, I'll have to look at it. Uh, I don't know the individual character. He does the American dub of Princess Mononoke. Is he a bad guy in that? No, he isn't. He's like the um, the, the male. The, who's the male role in that? I there's it a, there's an elder male who's his like sensei. Okay. That is Billy Bob Thornton. Okay, the dude sensei in Princess Mononoke. Yes. is Billy Bob fucking Thornton. And also the leader of the free world in yeah. Love Actually. In Love Actually, and so they sh- he shows up at Downing Street and. Um, uh, Hugh Grant's character struggling because he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to stir up shit. He's like, "Yo, I just became prime minister. Yep. I'm just going to get down with what uh, America wants. They're the most powerful country in the world." Yeah, because he meets with his staff and they're all like, "Hey, like America's coming. It's a big first show for us. We need to present power and authority and autonomy and really set our own." And, and Hugh Grant's he, like, "I don't know." He's like, "The U.S. is the most powerful country. Like, maybe we don't do this." He like, took my lunch money. We should be smart. We should have a dry wit, but like, let's not come at them because we don't got it like that. Yeah. To which, before we move on, because I know we're about to hit a good point, is like, Hugh Grant reminds me of the Philosopher's Stone in Harry Potter. The actual stone? Yes. I'm going to mess this up. Okay. I'm I'm going to brutalize this. People on Twitter, please end my life. But at the end of the first Harry Potter book and movie, basically Harry Potter ends up with a stone in his pocket. And the, the whole premise is the person who wants the stone but doesn't intend to use the power of the stone shall receive it. Well, if you look into the mirror of Arise, the mirror of desire, and you're looking at it and all you want is the stone, which is not to use for yourself, but to use for whatever else. 100%. Yes. And so he, that's, that's why he gets a stone. I think our best political leaders are the ones that don't want it want the platform to do good but have no intention of using the power for themselves and Hugh Grant in this movie is that idealized version of like he's a good person he's humanitizing down to the level of like you're part of my staff I want you to feel comfortable you just swore and felt you made a career ending move I'm a bluttering idiot I'm a carbon based red blooded life form just like you I don't know what I'm doing on this floating rock through space let's try to figure it out but meanwhile, Billy Bob Thornton is here, and he just wants to take whatever he can, 100%. including uh, be presumptuous with uh, thick nat mm, with Natalie. Thick Natalie. I don't know. I don't want to do thick. that. Yes, but like no, <laughs> I don't want to. So thick Natalie. I hate myself. So they're walking up the <laughs> stairs. They walk past thick Natalie, and Billy Bob Thornton is like. Oh, we're yeah. not calling her Thick Natalie. Well, please. you said it, so I'm going to start calling her Thick Natalie. So Thick Natalie is walking up the stairs, and he says... Garrett. He walks past. Billy Bob Thornton turns to Hugh Grant and please. goes, Look at those pipes. Now, Which, traditionally, pipes voice, are like, right? you can sing well. So when he said that, I didn't know what he was referring 100%, to. 100%. I'm like, Billy is Bob. This old dude thing? We want to like, sexualize like her. Gams. Oh, let's check out the yams on this bitch. Gams. Oh, no, you're right. It's mm, gams. Yeah. No, he said... Okay. Yeah. It's not, but like pipes, and I was like, "What?" And then later, Billy Bob Thornton, uh, after uh, Hugh Grant steps out of the room, yeah. Billy Bob Thornton's making some sort of advance upon her, yep. and like Natalie doesn't know what to do because that's the president. He's like kissing on her earlobe or something. Oh god, yeah, yeah. not consensually. Yeah, and so uh, Hugh Grant's like upset. Yeah, and Natalie's more upset because it's actually happening to her. And then you get an insight into uh, international politics, which, while not as simplistic as you made out with my secretary, who I have a crush on, aka Thick Natalie. Um, we and can't therefore, keep calling her. Thick you now. started this. I please end it for me. Fine. 
So Natalie, uh, you made out with Natalie. Now we're going to have an international kind of uh, piss, uh, pissing contest. But I have a feeling in real life, not this simplistic, but maybe so, a lot of international politics probably are not too far away from this. I believe they are farther away from this for most competent leaders. In fact, Tony Blair, who's the Prime Minister of the UK at around the time of this movie. And George Bush is our president. Yeah, so the, that's kind of the allegory of the... Not, I don't know if the allegory is the word. The We're shooting parable. close to home. Yeah, but uh, Tony Blair, he made a point like... I'm paraphrasing. Tony Blair said, Y'all motherfuckers saw Love Actually. It doesn't always happen like that because I have to deal with the consequences after. Which is very true. But Hugh Grant in the movie, yes. um, during the joint par- press conference between yes. the UK Prime Minister and the President of the United States, Hugh Grant says... And the President's like, we have a great relationship, everything's yeah. fine. And, and then uh, Hugh Grant's like, yo, a friend who's a bully is no friend at all. Uh, UK needs to stand up for itself. And if uh, it, the US can't uh, move with that, they can either get down or lay down. Um, and everyone's like so fucking pumped because everyone's expecting Hugh Grant... To be limp dick and yeah, hundred percent. He has big limp dick energy to this point, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what policy he got in on. I presume he's a fucking Labour Party uh, prime minister, but it's cool and everyone's all happy about that. But despite that, Hugh Grant's like super uncomfortable with having a, a secretary who he's so attracted to. Yeah. So he has her moved out of Downing Street. Come to well, which is even, but there's a little bit of shade here that we've overlooked about yeah. the thickness because he's like, Hey, like Natalie's great, she's an amazing person. Can we have her work elsewhere? Yeah, and she's like, Natalie, and he's like, Yeah, like Natalie, like the one that like comes by and delivers like food and coffee and stuff. Yeah, and she's like, Oh, fat Natalie, yeah, and like Hugh Grant's like, Excuse me. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, like the fat one. And he's like, she's not fat. And she's like, no, like her legs and her ass are like a bit fat. And he's like, you can go straight to hell, but please move her. <laughs> yeah. He's like, it was before a fat ass was a fat ass. It was a lawless time. I'm glad I wasn't cognizant. Yeah. Fat Natalie is thick Natalie. Yeah. Honestly. But anyway, so they moved Natalie out of Downing Street. Mm-hmm. But Hugh Grant both A, still thinks about her. Yeah. And... He feels a little bit guilty about moving her from a sweet ass gig. Yeah, he's opening Christmas cards or whatever. There's one from her, Ugh. and she says like, "I still think about you." Blah blah blah. Earlier in the movie, she mentioned what street she lived on. It's a bad side of whatever. So, yeah. I don't Which, by the way, uh, this might sound messed up, but I, I, it's true. Okay. If you're in North America and you listen to someone describe where they live in Great Britain, um, it sounds like Middle Earth. You're like, I'm on the corner of Mountain Doom and Third, and you're like, drop the ring in the flyer and meet me at T. Like. Uh, the streets, the major roads in, especially London, I mean, I imagine all of the UK, I remember in London, like, Cockfosters is a major stop, but like, <laughs> Cockfosters, Jubilee, Pickney, uh, and whatever, it's just like, oh, this is so whimsical. Yeah, 100%. You have very fun streets. We have First and Jackson. Like, it's yeah. just like, not, that's not El fun. El Camino. Yeah. Hillsdale. Mission. Yeah, whatever. These aren't good names. Yeah, not like cockfosters. So she lives on the bad end of whatever Hell Street. And so this is such a fucking pause of reality. They stop, or he, he gets his uh, Secret Service, and Hugh Grant says, yo, we're going to the street. Oh, fuck, I don't know which house, though. He stops to knock on every fucking door yep. to try and get Natalie. 100%. And uh, eventually he knocks on... Uh, Snape's secretary, a.k.a. the devil, a.k.a. Mia. He knocks on mm. her door and says, hey, Natalie lives next door. He goes, because everyone in this movie is connected. 100%. Goes next door. All Natalie's family is there. 
fuck, I want to talk to Natalie. Okay, but we're all going out to a school play. Fine, um, you all get my Secret Service cards. I need to talk to Natalie about state business, which is a great lie because you're the prime minister. 100%. Uh, so, smooth exit. He talks to Natalie while the little, while her little gross nephew or whatever is in the middle. Gross. And love that, love that adjective. But the kid did nothing wrong. Hugh Grant is trying to mack on Thick Natalie. Little octopus boy. <laughs> thick Natalie? All the shade I received for Thick Natalie and now she's back as Thick Natalie? Sometimes we, in this context, in this context, it was pertinent. And also, sometimes we fall from grace. But anyway, he's trying to talk to Natalie. This little fucker is in the way. Yeah. Get um, away from Thick Natalie. She's ours. I feel funny. But they go to the school play. School play happens. Hugh Grant is talking to Natalie behind behind the curtains as the school play of a weird-ass nativity scene involving octopus and lobsters is happening. Mm. Runs into Emma Thompson because that's Emma Thompson is Hugh Grant's sister. Yep. Emma Thompson's kids are in this. Oh, hi, yeah, this is Natalie. We just work together. Okay, bye. Um, they make out behind the scenes of the play. Yep. The curtains rise and everyone sees Hugh Grant making out with his secretary, which is definitely going to be a problem later. Imagine Bill Clinton wasn't married to Hillary and he was single. It's still fucked, right? And then he's behind the scenes of a middle school to elementary school play. Yep. They raise the curtain and President Bill Clinton is macking on Monica Lewinsky. It's going to be a story. Even if he's not married. Even if he's not you married. You work for me. Yeah. Yeah. And you're 23. Yeah. Yeah. The, he's, the definitely, gap he's definitely is not, older. He's probably 40. She's probably 28. Yeah. We're talking 12 years. That's still a significant period of time. Well, it's 40 divided by 2 is 20. 20 plus 7 is 27. She's 28, so it's fine. But, man, it's amazing when math works in my brain. If I asked you, like, to do math, I'm sure we'd both be like, can't do it. If you're like, what's the appropriate age to have sex? You're like, oh, well, let me uh, divide by pi and multiply by the square root of the delta. 3.141592653589767. Well, I think I just regrew my virginity in that statement. You made that joke earlier today, and it wasn't funny then. But we didn't record it, so we're back for it Virginity is a social construct. T.I. is weird for checking his daughter's hymen. Also, Virginia's a social construct. Sounds like the legal defense of someone that's done something wrong. I'm not trying to be funky about it. I'm just saying it's a thing dudes made up to, like, value women. Okay, so anyway, uh, digressing away from that, and before the ending <laughs> of Hugh Grant's con- closure here, there's a scene We're that we great. skipped over that I wrote down that I forgot that we need to talk about. There's a scene where Hugh Grant dances. Because he's the leader of the British, the UK. He's, yes. he's like, he's made And it. presumably the Labour Party. 100%. He he locked he like he doesn't even lock the doors. That's kind of the funny part it's of it. Fucking he the puts White on House of England. A hundred percent. So he puts on a record. What is the song? I was going to test you. Do you know the name of the song? I was going to test you. Do you know the song? I do, and I knew it before this. Thankfully, it's really ju- yeah. It's Jump by the Pointer Sisters. Yeah, yeah. And Yo, so okay, yeah, right. Cool. What are we? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah So he uh, he puts it on and he starts dancing and the dance poorly. So people give way too much credit to Tom Cruise in Risky Business for his little stupid slide across the floor. Okay. Uh, Hugh Grant's dance here is the most slept on dance in the history of non dance movies. Yes. It is amazing in its in its awkwardness, in its kind of cringy sex appeal, in its like, I'm a man of the people, but I'm trying to get down alone. Because let's be real, the vast majority yeah. of you listening and, of course, us in the room, we're not professional dancers, yet we've all listened to Spotify, been feeling ourselves while cleaning. Maybe we're in a little bit more of a Marie Kondo vibe. We're saying goodbye to some objects. And then we just decide to break out, right? Okay. That is the dance that he has fully going on before being caught by his staff yeah. and the... The, the the humanizing factor of that I don't want us to lose 
But with that being said, uh, Boca's ending is the ending, and we're done with you, Grant. Yeah, so now look. Now, yep. I want to be cognizant of time. Yep. Uh, we've probably gone on very, very long. Oh, 100%. And there's still one, two, three, four... Battle rabbit. Go. We're going to go faster. And we're going to go in order of importance. So the yeah, we might miss some points, but you'll get the, the yeah, gist. Yeah, so let's move with some speed here. Okay, speed. This next one. This Oops. one matters. Okay. It's Liam Neeson. Yeah, this uh, one matters. The, the last long ones. Liam Neeson, the boy Sam. Yeah. Liam Neeson, uh, he's uh, Emma Thompson's friend. Yep. And his wife just died. Yep. Liam Neeson is the stepdad to this little boy named Sam. Uh, who yep. was Jojen Reed from Game of Thrones. Jojen Reed, um, Liam Neeson is worried, oh, Jojen, or Sam is super upset. He comes no, crying. Sam's in love with the girl in school. Now before, well, this is my last thing, before I'll add, and then we can move on with it. Yes. Uh, 2003, Liam Neeson's giving the, um, the, what, obituary for his wife who just passed away. Oh, I hated the funeral. Really sad, but also, like, Liam Neeson's actual wife will die about five years after this. Oh. She's in a skiing accident and dies. She played the mom in uh, Parent Trap. Wait, the good mom or the evil? No, not the evil mom. No, no, the good mom. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So she passes away in a skiing accident in real life. Damn. So there's okay. there's some weight when you go back and watch this where you're like, oh, my God. That is like, context enough. You have. don't yes. know what you're about to do because you're about to give the same speech. Damn. Anyway, please keep going. So, uh, Liam Neeson's raising his stepson. Yeah. And the stepson is in love with this girl at school. Yep. Who does not know who this boy, Sam. Sam claims that, uh... She's an angel. That Joanna, the girl he has a crush on, has no idea who he is. Nope. Liam Neeson and the boy have way too awesome relationship. Yep. And watch way too romantic, way too many romantic movies together, which means this boy is destined to a life of pain. Whoa, that's not true. Okay. It is. My mom used to watch rom-coms with me and I had a grand old time. They had they when he gets home heartbroken. Liam Neeson goes, "You know what we need." And they watch Titanic. That's and he a holds, weird movie. To he watch holds his son, and his son's like, "I'm the king of the world." It's fucking adorable. I want to be a dad. Keep it moving. Okay, um, so Liam Neeson, Stan was like, "Hey, uh, the girl Olivia, she's going to sing in the school play, the nativity scene that we got to mention earlier." Um, girls like musicians. Because uh, he saw Bill Nighy's uh, gross-ass old man musician shit earlier. And then Liam Neeson's like, you know, there's only one small problem in this. You don't play an instrument. He's like, don't worry, I'll learn the drums. And then the kid looks at his dad with the best look ever and is like, it's just a small, small little inconvenience. Yeah. It's fine. I'm a, I'm, it's no issue that I don't know how to play this shit. Yeah. I'm going to learn the drums. Minor technicality. And much like Colin Firth learned in Portuguese, the boy learns the drums. Uh, and so it's a school play. Uh, the girl Olivia, this motherfucker could actually sing. Yeah. Oh, the, the, the girl's real name is jo- uh, real name Olivia Olson. Uh, character name is Joanna. Olivia could really sing to the point that they redubbed the audio to make it sound more childlike because she oh, was wow. actually too good. Damn. And in the background, little boy Sam is like playing the drums, and he learned the drums a lot. Yeah, weird scene in this part. She's singing "All I Want for Christmas Is You" by Mariah Carey. A whole lot of fucking what's the word? Octave level changes, octave. Changes, whatever. Yeah. Key, key changes, but yeah. Key changes, thank you. Yeah. Mariah Carey's not easy. During all, when she says, all I want for Christmas is you, and points at Sam at first, she's like, oh boy. And then she points around because the song keeps saying you. Sam gets so fucking pissed. He's heated. And he, he was ready to become a men's rights activist, swallow the red pill, and hate women for the rest of his life. And I was like, chill. It's the seventh grade play. I said hello to you. Why am I not getting laid? Yeah. <laughs> Kind of. It's like, yo, that's the danger of him watching too much fucking, too many movies. 
But Olivia, uh, Joanna, she's American. They're about to go back to America. Liam Neeson's like, you've seen the movies. You know what to do. Wrong. In real life, wrong. Mm-hmm. But uh, they go to the fuck. They go to Heathrow, and they're trying to go to security um, to to go catch Olivia. Oh, she's already through security. Rowan Atkinson, aka Mr. Bean, aka the guy who was working the magic, the 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 jewelry counter earlier. Yep. And Snape was trying to cheat on his wife, yep. but he was moving super slow. He's in front of them at security. Of course. He's mo- here. Snape is casting a big shadow he's doing some run blocking here and he uh on purpose yep and he lets uh it, it aids sam the little boy to jump through security at this international airport as you do run sprint go through this other security checkpoint and get to the gate to then say goodbye to joanna and that's absurd. Yeah, it's a lot. It is one of those like you gotta suspend disbelief. It's a movie. You get lost in the spirit. He would have been detained and taken to the British equivalent of Guantanamo. A hundred percent. Yeah, and I don't know if you waterboard twelve year olds, but they were about to learn today. Yep. And but don't learn today. Instead, the fucking the British TSA just wag their finger at the boy and bring him back to Liam Neeson. Uh, Joanna kisses uh, the boy on the cheek and they're happy. That's Meanwhile, Liam Neeson runs into another woman who's... Oh, the teacher. Run- no, it's not... Te- I don't know if it's a teacher or just a woman who has a student in the school. Oh, that is true. And like, they bump oh, into each other. This kid's dead. And Liam Neeson's face immediately fucking falls in love for no good reason. But whatever. It needs to. Quote, unquote, love at first sight. It's not really about him. They just seem to close him up. They just wanted to close him up and give him somebody. Yep. Fine. That's their story. Next story. Next story. Sarah, a.k.a. Laura Linney. Carl, a.k.a. guy with flowy hair who wears glasses and... Uh, who are both uh, employees of Professor Snape. Snape. As we all are. Yep. In the grand scheme of things. And their plotline pretty much We're all starts... working for the Snape man. Hey. So... <laughs> It's not an A. It is in this context. So anyway, okay. um, b- b- their plot line basically starts with Snape this calling... This kind of serious. Yeah, really. Uh, Snape calling her into his office. It was so weird. Uh, yeah, imagine your job. You're in love with a coworker. Your boss calls you into her office. This is going to go one of two ways. Hey, so you know how you're in love with Dale from accounting? Yeah? You know how it's super obvious to everyone in the whole thing? Oh my God, I'm dying inside. You know how we all know, including Dale, I'm going to kill myself? Yeah, anyway, so you should probably just, like, get drunk at the holiday party, say, hey, I want to fuck you and have a bunch of kids and get on with it because we're all sick of your shit. That's, that's the Snape, convo. That's what Snape fucking does, as if that's not the most inappropriate, unhelpful thing. Oh, 100%. And a walking HR violation. Yeah, a walking HR violation. It's like, fuck you, I'm calling the work police. 100%. But anyway, work Laura police, Linney, activate. Yeah, Laura Linney is in love with uh, Carl. Also, yep. Laura Linney was at... Uh, Kira Knightley's wedding. Yep. So I forget what that tie is. They're probably just friends. They're just it. friends. Uh, but Laura Lane's there. Uh, and she's in love with Carl. And they go to the holiday party. They... I can never really define Carl's age, which is weird about Carl. He looks young. Depending on the lighting, Carl is somewhere between 23 and 38. Okay. Um, and Range. she's somewhere between 37 and 42. And either way, you're like, is this... Take your age divided by two by seven. If she's forty two and he's twenty eight, I don't know. Forty two divided by two is twenty one. Twenty one plus seven is twenty eight. And how old do you think he might be on 28? the bottom? There you go. Well, actually, I think I said twenty three to thirty something, but whatever, it's fine. Well, let's say he's twenty eight. He's not twenty three. No, anyway. So he's yeah. twenty eight. Um, yeah. Laura Lee thinks he's cute. 
Uh, they dance at the holiday party. They go back to And her he party. asks her, because she spent the whole movie, like, peeing her pants about, like, I can't even talk to him. Yeah. She stays late she's at work. She's a grown-ass woman. Tighten up. Yeah, 100%. Like, we're not talking, like, these are not two, like, young lovebirds in the office. Like, yeah. you're an adult. Just she's be American. like, hey, ride me. In England. Get okay. on with it. She's supposed to be the direct one. BD. Yeah. So, they go back to her place. But then, throughout the movie, she's been getting, like, phone calls, and she answers, like, hello, darling. So, you're like, yo, yeah. does she have uh, somebody else? Um, they're about to get down to fooling around and she gets another phone call. She picks it up. It turns out it's from her mentally ill brother, um, who's in assisted care. And so they, their parents are gone. So she, yeah. she's the only one he has. And so he, she just kind of, uh, feels obliged to drop everything in. Uh, but the way that what's interesting about it is like, he calls her while they're about to hook up. And at first it seems like, Oh, she's married and she's cheating on her husband. Yeah. And then she's like, yeah, the, the Pope's not available right now. Yeah, Matt Damon sure is a good, like, leading man. Like, it's, like, it's random things that, like, don't make any goddamn sense. Yeah. And the guy's even, like, what the fuck is this phone call? And she's, like, yeah, yeah my brother has, like, some disabilities right now. He's yeah. dealing with some shit. He's in a, a psychiatric ward. And he's kind of understanding, but she does a really piss-poor job of explaining it. Yeah. Yeah, so. she did a poor job explaining it. She dropped everything, talks to him. Also, men get a lot of... Uh, men in movies. This is interesting for me. He's the only man that takes his shirt off in this entire film. The man is chiseled as goddamn hell. We no, have he's not a- the only man. Who Martin else? Freeman, a.k.a. The Hobbit, a.k.a. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, well, his is meant Bilbo? for... His is meant comedically. Is it Bilbo Baggins? Uh, uh, he's Bilbo Baggins. Cool. His is, his is meant more comedically because the awkwardness of that situation, but okay, we'll get to like, it. his body wasn't comedic. It was just whatever. I feel... Yeah, I feel like the whole package was supposed to be a little bit comedic, Oof, but um, that's a, this this dude is like... And Colin Firth jumping jacked. into the pool. Did he take off his shirt? Fully clothed. He's fully clothed. He was semi-clothed. He took something Fully. Off. He took his jacket off. He had a sweater. He had a dress shirt okay. and slacks when he jumps in the water. Yeah. So Sarah has to drop everything yep. to uh, with Carl to talk to her brother Michael. And so they are not, despite her being super into him, despite Sarah being super into Carl, mm-hmm. not able to do anything. Um, Carl, the next day, just wishes her Merry Christmas. Um, and then Michael and Sarah spend uh, Christmas together. Yep. Which is, uh, it was some real shit. It was a, I don't know... It was real. Well, yeah. Do you have anything more to say to it? I don't really have anything more profound um, other than that, you know, I'm glad that she found someone that she likes um, and is happy about. It's also she can't later talk to Carl. The moment's not 100% gone, but she, I, to what degree is she, is she going to ever be able to establish appropriate boundaries so she can continue to live her own life? I think she's built her life around him at this point and it's unhealthy. Is it unhealthy? Well... Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Like, 100%. Percent. If you have a family you, member... I don't know what she's supposed to do. I know. Ass. If you have a family member that, like, you obviously Are love... Take primarily or the primary caretaker, even if they're in assisted living. Here's what here's my strategy on this, and it's one of those things. I think there are parents that do, that do not get a divorce for the sake of the kids. I think that's a disservice to the kids because you're, you're sacrificing yourselves thinking that you're doing the right thing for your kids... Your kids are empathetic, three-dimensional people. They'll they'll get the feeling that your 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 life is suffering as a result, and they'll resent you for it. In her aspect, she loves her brother so much. She's sacrificing herself for him, and yeah. that isn't in the long term gonna even be good for him. Yeah. If you're sacrificing yourself for someone you love, you need to actually be selfish. Prioritize yourself so that you're more available and holistically satisfied as a person, so you can be there longer for them. Yeah. And plus, it's not as if. This wasn't a case where he's in an apartment and if she doesn't pick up, she doesn't know, she does not know what's going to happen. Yeah. Excuse me. He is in assisted living of some sort. So 
it's not as, if something was about to go terribly wrong, yeah. somebody else would be there. Hundred percent. She like, could turn off. Her, she could turn off her phone for an evening. Yeah. Right. What's up, six six pack god of sex? Let's get at yeah. it. But his name is Carl, so he loses points there. But beyond that... Going back to when Harry met Sally, I don't think Carl's that good in bed. You're thinking of Ira? 100%. Well, no, uh, what was it? Sheldon. Sheldon the Wonderschlong. Yeah, yeah. Carl the Wonderschlong. There you go. Um, So, uh, Laura Linney spends uh, Christmas with her brother. All right. uh, I'm going to jump one to get to save the worst one for last. Okay. Uh, Martin Freeman, John... Judy, just Judy. I love this so much. This That's is weird. so because the sheer comedy so of their relationship is, and again, we're gonna. These are the least two important relationships of the whole movie, not, and they get combined yeah. fifteen minutes of screen time. So, yeah. like, take this with a grain of salt. Yeah. So John and Judy are professional stand-ins for films. Yep. They meet because they're, like, they're stand-ins. They meet as they're standing in for the sex scenes in some sort of movie. fully clothed, but like dry humping. Yeah, just dry humping for for a scene to get lighting and stuff right, I guess. Yeah. Um, and and they're like, "Hey, like, how was traffic? How's the weather?" It's they're just talking as shit. they check lighting or whatever. Um, Minor light sparks in the beginning, but pretty. Yeah, they're just making a conversation, and so like they keep having to stand. I'm, I presume beyond the scenes they're standing in for other stuff, 100%. but we just keep going back to their story when they're doing the stand-ins for sex scenes. Yep. And so it's just like... They keep another one where it's like they slowly raise the stakes. Yeah. So in the second scene, they're like, hey, um, Julie, can you take your top off? And yeah. she's like, oh yeah, sure. And they're like, no, bra too. We're going to see like when are nipples exposed, when are they not? Yeah. And then like he's supposed to stand behind her because it's like doggy and like hump her. So she's in jeans. He's fully dressed. He's humping her and is like, yeah, so anyway, like the 405, except they're in Britain, whatever that is, fucking Hogwarts and Mountain Doom Corner. And, uh, you know, wasn't that weird with all the Dementors clogging up traffic? And then uh, the the director, or the, the I don't know, the, the head of photography, no, who's the cinematography guy? DP. The DP. Deep, uh, the DP comes over and is Shut like... Up. The director of photography. The director of photography comes over and is like, hey, put, her, you put your hands on her breasts and kind of massage them because that's what's that going to happen in the I, scene. I, I'm not an actor. I'm not... Uh, yeah, I'm like, is this a... That, I literally, my first note was like, is this a real job? Like, yeah. do people really are like all day long drawing dry humping someone massaging their breasts not only that would the director even if they're standing would the director give the direction or would the DP give the direction to be like yeah now massage your breasts in 2003 I think so because there's a we and another one of these plot lines Alan Rickman they're prepping for the holiday party and he says stay uh we might want to send out a note about staying away from kevin and want you unless you want your breasts fondled you're, like, oh, you're just gonna employ somebody like that 100 nowadays that shit would not fly 2003 different era hey ladies at our holiday party please stay away from your co-worker kevin yeah because he's a sexual if he predator. has three uh vodka sodas he's gonna start getting a little bit handsy yes yeah, like, if you know that then you have responsibility and we can't fire kevin because we're a bunch of assholes apparently he's so. the only one who has the password to the netflix uh <laughs> <laughs> he, so, he has the corporate card for Blockbuster Video, so we all have to put up with this. And we will need Blockbuster forever. No, 100%. Um, they can't go under. How else would we watch movies? Yeah, so Martin Freeman and Judy, they keep they just keep getting to know each other yeah. whilst imitating sex and it's, They start actually getting emotionally intimate. And it's a matter for a, for a moment, because it, it keeps escalating. You're fully nude. Someone else you're working with that you don't know is fully nude. They're wearing, or you're wearing, whoever, a cock sock, and you're simulating missionary sex while fully naked, and there's a full film crew, and you're like, yeah, so, like, as a kid, it was so weird, because, like, I grew up on, like, the bad part of 
Hogwarts and Mount Doom. I don't know. British You'd stuff. You'd be in a Natalie stuff. What? Growing up on the wrong side of the street. I know, but I just mean like just ta- getting just emotionally get, intimate with someone that you don't know, know fully nude, humping in front of strangers. Yes. Yeah. And so eventually, uh, Martin Freeman was like, hey, do you want to get drinks or do you want to get a Christmas whatever? Yeah. As they're imitating, like, I guess, cowgirl. And she's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> As we all do. Yeah. And yeah, sure, totally. At one point, I was like, yo, is this... I didn't know... I wasn't sure if they're stand-ins for, like, a regular-ass film or if they're stand-ins for a porno. But, like... It seems like a porno would be cheaper to just have the actual porn, porn stars hump. Yeah. Like, simulate sex if you got to do that. Like, I can't imagine that, like, look, you're in a AAA blockbuster film and you're like, yeah, it's too expensive to get Dame Judi Dench and uh, who's the leading in man porn? in this movie? No, like, an actual movie. Okay. Like, Alec Baldwin and Dame Judi Dench and their new what elder you rom-com. Today? You've mentioned her several times today. I, I saw the trailer for Cats and cringed for three minutes continuing. That's so that's top of mind. But, like, you know, whatever. Two actors, an actor and an actress. At this point, it's too expensive. Cats is going to be out. And what if it sweeps the nation? It's not good. We're recording this before Cats Okay, is I out. want this on the record. It'll be so crazy. It's, it's like December 10th. Before. It's 2019. Cats yes. is a bad movie. It might have a good soundtrack that is completely coasting off of Broadway. It is going to be an absolute piece of shit movie. Yeah. Okay. So they keep imitating sex and they get drinks. And that's kind of the end of it. That really is. And, and it's like one of those things where I'm like, is this a real job? And if so, I bet a lot of those people have sex after that. I, I think eventually they manage to separate it. Now, the, this is the last one. And it's the worst one. Of the it's so movie. bad. It's not It's good. stupid. It's, it's ugly Colin and going to America. Colin is this ginger dude again maybe three minutes of the movie is dedicated to Colin he gets no screen time as he does not deserve Colin uh, tells his friend Tony Tony was the director on the not porno uh, and starring Martin Freeman and Tony's Um, also has all the right opinions yeah yeah so Colin tells Tony like yo Colin I had no play with the girls out here despite me being great you know what it is? I need to go to America because yep. uh, British girls are too stuck up. And Colin's like, no, the problem is that you're ugly and you're rude and you're mm-hmm. gross. Yep. All of these things are true. He's like, fuck you, uh, my friend. I'm going to America. He goes to Milwaukee. Wisconsin. He goes to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, um, which I don't know why. It, there's not a direct flight from Heathrow to Wisconsin, I promise no, you. No, but like, I guess if I was going to move to Britain and I just threw a fucking dart at a board mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm going to wherever. ABC. You know, because it's 2003, you have opinions about American cities. I know if I'm going to the UK, I'm going to London. You know if you're going to America, you're going to New York or Los Angeles. Yep. So, the fact he's in Milwaukee, weird, whatever. He goes there, he tells, he hops in the cab and tells the cabbie, hey, take me to a bar. And before that, he pronounces, I'm calling God of Sex. Ugh. He's in a bunch of gross shit throughout all of the scenes. Uh, and he's, I promise, you. And it, he looks like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. No, that's an insult to Shaggy. He looks Woof. like when he looks like a side character in the movie Hereditary. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. I'm not, Words hurt. I'm not wrong. You might uh, as well just said he looks like the actor that was not good looking enough to play the elephant man. Oh God, I mean, yeah. So he's in Milwaukee. He tells the cab driver, "Take me to a bar. What kind of bar? Any bar, because because in his head, American women will just want to fuck him." And here's where this movie loses eight points on the scale of one to ten. <laughs> Jesus. Because Colin's plan fucking works, and I'm confused. Colin goes to this bar, and he's talking, and it's fucking, it's January Jones uh, from Mad Men. Elijah Cuthbert 
from fucking the girl next door about a former uh, about a porn star who moves next door, and uh, Ivana Milshevich, who I don't know what else she fucks. Milshevich. Shut up. Uh, and all the all these essentially it's just three young American coeds. Yeah. Who are like, oh my god, he You're has a British. British accent. Oh jeez, you have now, put- again in certain circles in the U.S. I could see this scene playing out. I imagine no, okay, but they wouldn't look like this. No, they wouldn't. Essentially, know. it's like yes, maybe you get points with British accent, and he loses points. You're not getting three tens, and he loses points for every other aspect of who the fuck he is. A hundred percent. The fact that he's only focused on sex, the fact that he's ugly, the fact that he's rude, presumptuous, whatever. Um, but somehow, we, we're, this is my first context. This is my first time paying attention to this full movie. Yeah. Like I took notes for two and a half hours. Yes. Um, and so I wrote, what the fuck? I bet they're going to steal his kidney. hundred <laughs> percent. Wait, oh my God. Are they actually fucking him? I don't yeah. know if they, I don't know if there's some sort of Which, the group way that, sex innuendo. The way that I interpreted it was like, the, for his storyline, he went on this big adventure. Everyone's going to be a ten to him because he's in a foreign land with different people. You think it's about they don't actually look like that? I, I think in his eyes, it's I don't want to say it's a shallow hell syndrome, but like in his eyes, he's there. Everyone's a ten. Everyone's over the top. He's getting laid. All of his wildest dreams are coming true. He's calling the sex god, and for us, the audience, we need to actually see some tens in order to. You know why that's get on not his the level. case? Why? Because uh, Colin. Or, yeah. Call him the sex god. Call him, ugh, Say his full name. Put some respect on it. I'm not trying to summon an elder beast, okay? I don't need to say the full name. Um, but Colin. Ugly Colin. Uh, <laughs> okay. Because that's accurate. Thin More, Colin. Yeah. No. Mm, no. Thin Colin. Leave Natalie out of this. Very thin Colin. Leave Natalie the fuck out of this. She is without sin in this film. Um, anyway. Colin, he comes back with one of the girls. Or yeah. one of the girls we didn't meet. But he comes back yeah. with a quote unquote uh, beautiful American girl yep. and he brings one for his boy Tony so, brings one for his boy Tony is a weird statement when it's not hey we're going back to our friend's place and not oh, like I brought a slice of pizza for my boy Tony yeah it's like no you went from Milwaukee back to the United States and somehow you quote unquote brought a friend Wait, you went from Milwaukee back to the United States or Milwaukee back to the UK excuse me well what did just pretend like Wisconsin is not part of United America Kingdom. I there mean they go. tried to secede they did Wisconsin did no I'm kidding I mean I believe it <sighs> They're like, we have the Packers and nothing else. We're leaving. Cheese curds. <laughs> That's number two. Uh, basically, the reason we know that um, the women that Colin was somehow engaged with were quote-unquote traditionally beautiful is because Tony, who was over here and telling Colin the whole time, you are fucking ridiculous, meets one of the girls that Colin brought back. Is like, holy crap, holy cow, holy shit, this woman's beautiful. Yep. And that's how it, that fucking plotline ends, and it's yeah. fucking absurd. And that's where we're going to fucking close it on. I threw my fucking notes. Welcome to the Goodfellas and uh, the Irishman of our podcast, because this has to be three and a half hours long. Um, Who did you love? Natalie. And? We've talked for two and a half hours. You cannot have hated everyone in the movie. I hate Colin. Okay. Don't care about Hugh Grant, but he's okay. Whoa, Hugh Grant is is charming and wonderful. I hate Alan Rickman. I hate Snape, both because Snape is bad. And because Alan Rickman was bad. You know, he did a bad thing. I think his character is well written. Snape or Alan Rickman? I think we need to stop associating this character does something I don't like with this movie's bad. Because they made, they they did an accurate portrayal of a man who's been in a 30 year long marriage with a wandering eye who makes a poor decision. So you're not defending Snape? Oh, no, no. I'm saying, I'm defending the movie saying they wrote this character well. Okay, because. Because what they're going for is here's a look at love. Let me clarify because we keep calling Alan Rickman Snape. 
Harry Potter Snape is bad. Oh, 100%. Uh, Alan Rickman in this movie is not good. good. He acts well, he it's acts well written. Well, and it's well written. But his character is not a good person. When we say who do you love, we're talking about their character. Oh, 100%. Sorry. Yeah. I, I just know you're going to... So the only person in this movie I love yeah. is Natalie. Emma Thompson I empathize with. Kira Knightley you don't love. I Catch these things. How did you learn? Catch them. These hands. <laughs> okay. Because um, I don't think Kira Knightley earned my love in this film. Because wow. what did she do besides looking like... Besides look like you're nightly. That's all she needs to do in this movie. And does that not feel a little cheap? That's fine. Okay. I'm okay with it. Uh, who lasts in this film? Uh, Liam Neeson doesn't last with whatever teach, uh, other's parent he met. Uh, Chimotel, Wait, just... let me answer the I who people I loved question first. Fine. Who'd you love? The boy. Liam Neeson's son. The boy. The boy. Fa- he's, he's adorable. He's very, very sweet. Him going through his first love is very uh, emotionally resident and kind of makes you reflect on when you were a little kid. And you're like, oh my God, I love Cindy. And then you're like, I'm fucking six years old. Of course I don't. He but was this is 11. adorable. This boy broke through airport security on the most okay. nonsense. But if you if you see the, the boy, he's like, okay, age-wise, he's probably like 13. Looks-wise, he's eight. Um, yeah. And so it's just, it's very hard to think that he's older than he is. He's probably 10 years older than me, and he could play 10 years Natalie's younger. great. Hugh Grant is great. The aging rock star is a hysterical. He's yeah, so Bill good. Bill Oh! He, even his manager is, the, this, their chemistry together is pretty great. Mr. Bean, I thought was, he was so frustrating, but he was also kind oh, of Oh, Mr. Great. Bean is great. And the reason Mr. Bean's character is great is because he, I wrote down in my notes. Yeah. Like, hey, is Mr. Bean... A magical angel of some sort? Is he a, a wizard or is he a spirit? Uh, like, how they miss Rowan Atkinson's character? Is he supposed to be a Christmas love wizard? Is my I note. I see it. And then I, you go into the notes. He was supposed to be the uh, a Christmas angel, but they had to cut that out. But it was like, yeah, that, to I'm glad they cut that out. That would have been too much. I mean, because there was a nod wink. So yeah, wink it. Don't like. Don't the Christmas me. God wizard is here. Yeah. Like, that would have been fucking awful. Exactly. So, I liked him. Yeah, um, um, I like Colin Firth, and I like his love interest. I think yeah. they both had a very cute angle on like untraditional yeah. love. Um, honestly, I love. It'd be easier to say people I don't love. I don't love Shaggy from Scooby Doo. He's trash. Oh, uh, Colin. Yeah, I don't love his entire plot line. I don't love who's the other second weakest in this entire thing. Well, I mean, it depends on how you feel. Well, I really don't know. I mean, you've said mostly positive things. It was um, just overall reasons why I didn't like this movie. It was too long. And this podcast is too long, so you shouldn't like this either. Whoa, hey, hey, hey. Who works? Who's, who lasts? And then we're done. Oh, who lasts? Yeah. Um, let me see. Natalie and the Prime Minister don't last, which sucks, but that was nice. Just because I like Natalie. Yeah, it's been um, like seven years, five years. Liam Neeson doesn't last. Judy no. and John, no idea. Colin doesn't last because that relationship's built on nothing. Uh, Peter and Juliet, a.k.a. Keira Knightley and Chiwetel Ejiofor, I don't know if they last. Um... Laura Linney, she didn't even actually probably end up with Carl. Harry and, uh, or Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson don't last. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Holy fuck. I don't know if anybody in this movie lasts. Okay. I'm going to go out on the limb here. I'm going to say the people that have to reenact sex scenes in movies, I think they last. Judy and John. <laughs> There's something Freeman about just the way Judy. it's filmed. I think they I think they go the distance. I'll give current Colin Firth the benefit of the doubt. Oh, with Portuguese. Yeah. No. Yeah. Benefit of the doubt. No. Well, I disagree. Um, Rated. And then, um, yeah, no, I will say overall, I think the point of this is not love is always 100% going to last the rest of your life. I think it's more around here, different stages of love. Yeah. Love can be finite, but it doesn't make it any less beautiful. 
Fine. Zero to ten. Let me think. Should we do it one at the same time? At the same time. Okay. Three, two, one. Five point five. Nine. You're wrong. You're wrong. Five point five. You haven't even said. Towards the end, you've got more negative. Up until this point, I don't think you've said one negative thing about the movie. It's the sum is less than the total of the parts. Wow. It goes too long. It's a piece of it were completely superfluous. But they're small pieces. They're fifteen minutes of the movie is like shaggy. And it drags it down. Fifteen minutes. An anchor can slow a boat more than you can ever imagine. We rip Shaggy out of the movie. What's the overall? Then if we rip Shaggy out, we still need to rip... Hell, uh, Laura Linney and Carl, I don't know if that was necessary. Well, that one was all right. Yeah. Um, John and Judy, completely superfluous. They're def- They're not tied to anybody else, really. Well, who are John and... Oh, the porn uh, people? Yeah, Martin Freeman. I know, uh, it's funny. It's a good comedic break. They're not tied to anybody. Um, I have prom- Mark, or Chiwetel Ejiofor, Kira Knightley, and Mark. It's not like they're not one of the quote-unquote more memorable, more notable, but yeah. still problems... Um, Sam as the son, it was like, the whole airport thing was absurd. Um, and the dad, Liam Neeson's just encouraging this boy. I feel like right now we're watching the Avengers and you're like, oh, that's absurd. They're out in outer space. Spider-Man would have died. And you're just like, well, like, that's not the point though. Why do we need such suspension of disbelief in a rom-com? I mean, why do we need suspension of disbelief in Star Wars? Space wizards in space, that shit doesn't exist. I have my own opinions about that that I can't have recorded because the mouse will find me. But oh, Parker, you had the wrong opinions. Time to die. <laughs> Mickey Mouse will choke a bitch. <laughs> yeah, Goofy, yeah. let's get him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm a, I'm a keep it tight. Okay. But well, I would overall say this is a nine out of ten. It's an absolute banger. It's a holiday classic. I focus on the wrong side of history here. I feel like most people listening to this can agree. Um, and that's fine, but if... 5.5, this movie has not aged well. It's dragged down by a lot of parts. It's um, great. It's aged beautifully. It, it, it's it's such an unrealistic depiction of love across, like, 8 out of 10 vectors. No. From magical wizards to boys breaking through security to everyone thinking a hot woman's fat to people doing porn but not porn to people going to America and immediately getting laid by fucking Elijah Cuthbert. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> he violated the five most exaggerated parts of the movie and it ruined the other two hours but whatever we've gone it's on for 15 long. hours of a podcast the Irishman's too long Endgame's too long I have you tendency. can't just snap and make half the people go away zero stars Infinity War is better than Endgame but uh how did fucking Captain Marvel find Tony anyway what are we know. doing we're taking a break a mild break due to yeah, the holidays. Yeah, the holiday, there's going to be a break. I say we're back the week of don't the... Don't say date. Don't say date. Don't say date. We wow. have, I literally have zero idea. We get the sixth? Actually, no. We won't be. Wow. Yeah. That's sad for us. We legitimately won't be. Okay, well, sometime halfway through January, we'll tweet it out. Yeah, we will. You're probably all of our coworkers, so we'll probably just end up telling you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank uh, you so much. Uh, next movie, even though we do have a break, uh, what should we watch? Serendipity. Serendipity. Cool. It's fated to be. Yeah. Okay. Y'all take care. Thanks.